Man, I've got a lot to talk about this episode, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I just had a lot of interesting topics come up throughout the week. Okay. And I've been in a, uh, I don't know, I've been in a, I've been in a, a discussion mode. I've been in a, I got shit I want to say mode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For whatever reason. Uh... I'd say let's uh, let's say let's save all that shit to the end. I've waited this long. <laughs> I can I I can wait longer. Uh, hello everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. So we got some news stuff we're gonna talk about. Uh, a lot of news has popped up these past few days. Man, quite a few articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you kick off, man. Whatever you want to start with. All right. Um. Okay, so let's just jump right into news then. Um, the I mean, unless there was something else you had. Nah, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I can save my other comments for my week because it kind of it'd be a good transition, I guess. Um, Solid. So let's talk about consoles for mm-hmm. a little bit. So we had three articles related to consoles this week. One from each of our, you know, big three. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got PS5 potential specs, well, starter specs, if you will. We've Mm -hmm. got discless Xbox One, and then Mm -hmm. possibly two new Switch models, a small and pro. Wow, that's news to me. I knew about the one, I didn't know about the other one. Yeah, I just caught the uh, Switch thing. And the pro is, I don't think they have the details for that. There's more details on the smaller one. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever that's going to be called. Um, it, it's interesting. So we'll just go ahead and keep talking about Switch. The There is nothing known about the Pro. The only thing there is that there is potentially another model, you know, the equivalent of kind of the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. Um, yeah. So they're doing their own little, you know, refresh and upgrade. Um, but the other one, the smaller one, this is kind of exactly what we've talked about in the past, where it looks like this is going to be the in-between 3DS and Switch. So it's going to be, mm-hmm. it, it may very well be their new handheld, and it's just a Switch Junior. <laughs> yeah. Docks the same, functions the same, plays the same games, but it's smaller and probably cheaper, so you feel a little bit better about your kids carrying it around. Right. Hmm. Yeah, a uh, uh, a mini would be fine. I mean, mm-hmm. all of them have minis. It's amazing going back. Well, it was uh, less amazing, but just eye opening going back in history recently through a uh, channel I've discovered, um, and I have lost that channel now. Unfortunately, I didn't have <laughs> it pulled up. But um, NES Works is a good example. But he was he went through the a lot of console history. Mm-hmm. And it seems so many Nintendo consoles are known for having like a smaller version, and, and it's not just Nintendo. The uh, the Genesis had a uh, smaller version as well, mm-hmm. but this is uh, this is definitely nothing new. You know, this is not this isn't something that the last you know two generations or so have been doing. This has been going on for a long time, and it makes sense. Yeah. You know, if you can make a smaller version, if you can compact the hardware, and also. Uh, possibly produce it for a, a cheaper price less level of a pocketbook hit on your consumers mm-hmm. yeah it happens uh 
the argument that comes up, and this is especially true for the, 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 the Switch Pro, as it was true for the Xbox One X, as it was true for the PS4 Pro, why, what would people want more? You know, would you want a console that was released two years later but have a better version, a more powerful version? Or are you fine with having one now and then in two years or so getting a new powerful version? Yeah, you know, I'd say that I only had the PS4 Pro because I held off on getting a PS4 because I heard yeah. about the Pro coming out. So I was like, well, you know, I won't get it. But now I have two Switches. Um, we bought uh, another one for the kids for Christmas, so we didn't have to share. Um, mm-hmm. So would I really buy another one? Maybe. And maybe I just kind of transition mine to my girlfriend or something like that, even though she probably won't play it very much. You know, yeah. a little bit of justification, if you will. <laughs> but yeah. I don't really have a big reason for getting a new Switch. Right. It's... It's definitely a subjective topic, man. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is great. This is great for starting conversation right off the bat because it. Okay, so I I, I look at this through my lens, not mm-hmm. only from a financial standpoint, just from solid purchase decisions and whatnot. My wife and I don't have exceeding amounts of disposable money, so when the if this was back in the PlayStation 2 era, you know, 599 US dollars. Oh yeah. I don't have 630 something dollars to fork out for a console alone mm-hmm. plus another 45 to 50 to 60 times 2 maybe 3 depending on how good the titles are on the games. You know, it's from a fin- so from a financial standpoint, already I'm like, oh, well, not not right now. That's point one. Point two is the obvious of every later generation console, and even some of the mid generation consoles. The console gets dropped. Those consoles are shitty. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say they're shitty, but they have issues. Sure. Uh, Talk to people, I mean, talk to the people that had a PlayStation 1, an original PlayStation 1 back in the day, having to turn their PlayStation sideways to get shit to work right <laughs> after, you know, a few months of owning a console. Yeah. That's that's so, so getting the kinks worked out is also point two. Yeah. Point three, which in my opinion is honestly the most important part because Chris, you and I know, and gamers out there as a whole know, if there is a worthy enough game, you're going to get that fucking console. Mm-hmm. So the third in parentheses number one priority, what games are coming out? So let's throw some examples out there. Let's say PlayStation Five gets announced, bada boom, bada bing, September of 2020. This console is getting released, and we're already asking, okay, what games are coming out? Oh man, we've got this sequel to God of War. It's going to be a PlayStation Five exclusive. So already, I'm simultaneously pissed off. Mm-hmm. But I'm also happy because now I officially know that game is coming out. Yeah. And they go, oh, by the way, uh, Persona 6 that we announced at the little uh, uh, Sony uh, mini wannabe E3 in 2019, that got hinted. It's coming out. It's a PlayStation launched, PlayStation 5 launch title. That's coming out in 2020. Right? You've already sold the console. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you've, you've all, you sold it with God of War, but you, I, will, I will forego a car payment. If I to get that console, you put two just the, and then I'm again just keep in mind, audience. I'm only talking about me. Chris agrees, but maybe you're not a God of War fan for 
I, I don't, I really don't know what reason, but maybe you're not a God of War fan, and maybe you're not a Persona 5 fan, which I don't know the reason, but maybe those games don't apply to you. The point is, if the games are hot enough, if you look at the launch titles for that console, if they're hot enough for you, you will spend the money to get that. So, finances, uh, uh, a, a hardware hitches and problems, and launch titles. Unless... So, if I have the money, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's a really strong maybe. I've just, I, I personally have never in any avenue been that person where I've, I have to have it when it comes out. I mean, mm. we're even movies. Movies are very rare. I went and saw Dark Knight opening night with some friends, and that's like the one time I've ever waited in line for a movie. Infinity War uh, Endgame is coming out in a week. I've already got tickets for that, but that's not me. I mean, that, 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 that that's $10, 10 12 bucks. That's So right. 20 dollars for me and my wife. That's nothing compared to four, five, six hundred dollars for a console and all that stuff. I've never really been that guy to go, is that coming out now? I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have it then. Like pre-orders, the games that I pre-ordered for this year. That's it, that's a super rare occasion. Uh, I would have to trust the company, <laughs> which I mean, I trust most of them to a fault. But mm-hmm. you'd have to trust the company that they're making a new console that's gonna work damn near flawlessly out the gate, and there has to be games there. All that aside, I can wait. Well, let's, I, I can wait. Let's touch on that for a moment. The uh, day one issues. Now, typically with games, we're well acquainted with that. But let's look at the consoles. So, Xboxes, and not not the Xbox, but the Xbox 360, the whole Red Ring. That was a pretty big deal. Yeah. But since then, how many consoles issues have there actually been? I know the PS3 had its own with bricking and whatnot, but PS4 and Xbox One. And we can include Switch in this, talking about all the current gen. Were there any issues like that? I don't think, uh, and this is a on-the-spot question, mm-hmm. I do not. I, I will tell you, I do not factually know the answer to. I feel like over, over time, the first generations of both the Xbox One and the PS4, mm-hmm. there were issues. But I don't, think that, I don't think any of them have come close to the Red Ring of Death issue. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that was... That was systemic. That was a huge issue, and it affected m- way too many people. And it wasn't like, okay, I plugged in my controller in controller port one. For some reason, it still read me as player two. Four days later, they patched that shit out. Sure. So I think the problems still exist. Mm-hmm. I think they have existed. What they are, don't I do not know. But I feel like now they've... Most of these companies have like really buckled down on the hardware part portion yeah. of it, and any, and so instead of having one red ring issue, you have fifteen of these smaller issues, and they go, oh, okay, well we got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Scramble code, patch release, boom, done. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah, I agree. The 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 on the list of shit to cut because again chris again if you tell me god of war and persona 6 are coming to the playstation 5 release i don't give a fuck with the what bugs and shit the console (laughs) may have i'm not i'm not gonna be at the counter at wherever with my money and go oh wait wait oh before i drop all this money oh man what if the hardware is bad i'm not gonna do that i'm not Mm -hmm. not gonna do that i'm gonna get it and hope for patches but yeah 
it, it, I forget how we even, how, oh yeah, by the way, Jeremy Parrish was the, uh, another, this is like number 80 something of YouTube channels to subscribe to. Very, very solid works. He's got NES and Game Boy and, uh, all kind of, all, he just does a lot of good retrospectives. Uh, so uh, trailing this back to the uh switch sure. the the mini switch i mean i already have one i don't see a real reason the switch pro now this specific console i'm now in a folded arm scenario because i already own a switch mm-hmm. i wanted legend of zelda breath of the wild so bad that i went out and bought a wii u just to play it because there physically were no switches around me uh, and anything that I could get, I'd have to order and wait or whatever. I just went down and got a used Wii U and bought the game. Later, I bought a, uh, I bought, did I buy a Switch or did I get it for Christmas? Uh, I think I bought my Switch. Yeah, I've had games given to me for Christmas presents, but I bought my Switch and bought some games to it. And I have that now. And it's a very slow small it's a small slowly growing library for me it's not filling up with hits for sure but it's definitely got a bunch of plays in there but now you're telling me that a new better performing console is going to a version is going to be released and i think one of the main things that they were going to hit with that at least I'm hoping, without reading any literature on this, I'm hoping the undocked mode is going to be is going to perform way better. That is, to a small degree, the games that I've played, that's the place where I see the hitching at. Everything else works fine. So if you're telling me you have a new version now, as opposed to, and we'll get into the conversation, this conversation later. Uh, but this question is okay, so. What's the incentive for me to get a new console? Yeah. You know, there aren't, when the PlayStation 4 came out, you didn't have a PlayStation 4 God of War specific version. I mean, you had a PlayStation 4, you had a PlayStation 4 Pro, you you, you both play the game. Was there a difference? Yeah. Is that difference enough to you to make you want to drop more money? Then it goes to a whole nother area. It's like, okay, let's say you do want to buy the, the Switch Pro. What are you going to do with your old Switch? Are you going to trade it in? Are you going to do that? Are you going to give it to somebody else? Are you going to try to sell it to somebody? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, or do you retroactively look back and go, man, I only bought like four games for this thing. I really should have waited. For, for It's getting to that. It's getting to that the point now where it's you kind of want to wait because yeah. you just know there's a new version coming. Out. It's It's like a trend now, mm-hmm. you know? As opposed to now we're releasing a slightly better performing but smaller, cheaper, more compact version to, hey, man, if you really want to play the game better, you're going to get this version of the console. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, For anybody else that's held out this long for a Switch, this will be good for them. But for those of us, it's like, why? Well, it also depends on the timeline. Because the yeah. the rumor is that the smaller switch will be out. They're trying. This is not confirmed, but they're trying to get it out before holidays this year. But the pro version, we don't know when that is. That could be next right. year. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's out there for somebody. 
and it's it's coming and it beats it's i'm again as from my point of view i'm at least hoping that the undocked version gets a good performance boost but other than that not not really in my interest uh next bit of news was uh uh the discless xbox one i guess we can roll there so yeah I wonder how this th- this really ties into a conversation we had a few episodes ago about, you know, okay, let's say a console was released and you never had physical physical copies of games. What do you think about that? Mm. This, if I'm reading this article right, uh, a discless Xbox One. So that's not the next console. That's a, disc- a discless version of this current gen. Right. So that's kind of a a middle point, you know, kind of a all right, let's let's feel this out. Let's see how you feel about this. Uh my first my second question I guess would be, you know, how do we how do we feel about this going forward with a with a do we do we feel that the new con the next generation is gonna have discless? But I think the first question is how do we feel about the whole discless Xbox One period? What are your thoughts on it? I think that this is this is a it's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it comes by default with a one terabyte drive, which is good. You kind of need that, especially with all digital. It'd be better if it was even two at this point. But at the same time, it's one terabyte, but it's also cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. Which I bought my you know Halo Edition Xbox One. Because it came with a one terabyte. That's how I justified it. Because 500 gigs, forget that, you know, double me. Double my space, please. Um, So it's good that they're doing that. I'm I'm personally probably okay with it. Typically, and this is a very bad habit. I don't advise doing this. But typically what I've gotten into the bad habit of doing is if there's a game I buy on physical media now, it's because I want that as a collection. It'll be like a you know special edition or something like that. Like I have the uh, the Fallout uh, special edition, you know, Pit Boy edition and stuff. So it came with all this extra stuff. But like Final Fantasy fifteen, I bought the physical copy and then I bought a digital copy, so I wanted to deal with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm. I'm typically buying two copies of games anyway, buying a digital copy to play because that's more convenient. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it. Um, it wouldn't really, I don't think it would impact me. I wouldn't buy one at this point because I already have one, you know, so it's kind of pointless. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's in the whole trend to if we go to dig- digital only, the only, and this, this is a little bit of deeper discussion. Uh, I've been thinking yeah. a lot more about the whole all digital thing and mm-hmm. reading articles, especially with all the stuff that's been going on with the, you know, the game stores, Epic Games, Steam, etc. That if your digital platform goes away, your games go away. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that's got me kind of doing a lot more thinking. I don't see my personal preferences to digital media changing but certainly giving giving me more to think about (laughs) yeah i definitely want to leapfrog off that and go back to a point you brought up uh just a moment ago about 
the hard drive, the hard drive space. Mm-hmm. Now I realize that we that hard drive spaces are still grow uh, growing. Uh, audience, if you want to, so I'm gonna I'm gonna loosely postmark the date for this podcast episode so you can understand if you're listening to this four years from now how far you've come. But uh, we're recording this on the the twentieth, so this is uh, the twentieth of April, two thousand nineteen. I'm not gonna do it right now because I really don't know uh, what causes my computer to hiccup here and there, but <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. So I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not about to put Firefox or Audacity through a Firefox jump. Uh, but you can go to Newegg right now and just type in hard just do 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 some button clicking with your mouse and go through the hardware and hard drives and etc and look for the sizes that you can find some good hard drives uh, mm-hmm. if if this is several years down the road look at look at solid states it'll be really interesting to see what solid state space is like in you know 2022 or whatnot but we, while it is true we have several terabytes of space those several terabytes of space still cost money mm-hmm. as a random wild example i know firsthand as of this post date anyway that if i want to buy a four terabyte western digital external passport hard drive it's going to cost me a hundred bucks and you say well that's a hundred bucks and it's four terabytes and i say well that's true but you have to remember all these prices get factored into the price of making a console mm-hmm. so I'm I'm wrapping all this around the idea that Chris, I don't think one terabyte is enough. Oh, absolutely I really don't. not. And here's why, which you already know, but just for the sake of discussion, if you're telling me, and I'm, I mean, I could tailor this just to the Xbox One alone because the Xbox One is already a few years old and has, it's got to have more than a hundred titles, if not more than two hundred. It's got to have mm-hmm. a couple hundred oh, yeah. titles by now. But if you're telling me. Uh, and again, you can tailor it to the Xbox One because it's a current console. Well, let's talk about the Xbox whatever, the Xbox Two. They come out. They say the Xbox Two is going to be discless. It's going to be all digital. And they're going to start waving their hands. Whoa, 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 folks. Don't panic. We're going to have a myriad ways to guarantee that you can get your games. I'm going to say, okay, I believe you. What size is that hard drive? Oh, it's a four terabyte hard drive. Fuck you. No. <laughs> because when you tell me that the, there is no physical media for this game, as in fucking duh, I cannot walk into a room and grab that game off a shelf and shove it in that console and play it. The only way I can play it is through downloading it or storing it on my space. Your fucking hard drive better be big enough to house your entire library. Whoa, whoa, now hold on now, Mr. Michael. Hold <laughs> Let's be real here. Yeah, sure, Xbox, let's be real. Yeah, What's the percentage, okay, okay, of the people in the world who are going to own the entire library of the Xbox? The Xbox 2. I don't give a damn what the percentage is. That's not the point. If I wanted to buy your entire library and throw it in my office, I could have your entire library and throw it in my office. And at any given point, it takes me a few steps to go swap games around. As opposed to you limit me to a four terabyte hard drive that gives me maybe 20, 30 games. And it just so happens when I want to play 31 through 40, oh, can't do it. Because one, I have to re-download it. Or two, worse off, I can't because I need to download it and I can't download it and I didn't have it saved. Well, 
Here's... Our servers will always be up, I, I bet. And the internet will always work, too, until the day that you want to do something. <laughs> Life will happen, <laughs> I'm telling you. So, for the sake of pricing, this is a this would be a whole other discussion for the companies, especially the, the on the new versions wanting to do this. I understand it's a big price. What, so, what do you want? You want a, a 30 terabyte hard drive? Well, yeah, sure. If you can put the bitch in there, do it. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you. It's going to cost me a lot when I go to play a game and i can't play it so yeah here's here's the other piece of this whole discos thing is is this just a step um a step in the direction of them them uh contemplating and kind of tossing around the idea of trying to compete and this would be relevant for the PS5 conversation as well, but trying mm -hmm. to compete with the Google Stadia type announcement, yeah. the streaming. Is it going to yeah. be discless now? And in the future, it's going to be discless and streaming. So, you know, the hard drive size at that point only matters to a certain extent, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sure, you still have your whole internet, you know, that whole part of the conversation. But just from the sake of space, that's not an issue at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would say that that's going to take that's going to take time. I, mm -hmm. I it, it, as companies being what they are, they've already known about the Stadia way before we knew about sure. it. But th they they're probably planning for it, mm -hmm. but it may be like a we'll see how Stadia unfolds. Uh, Google has a lot of monetary power. They do mm -hmm. have a, I mean they have a lot Absolutely. of intelligent people. <laughs> I I have, I have no doubt that they have a, a good strong uh, well-funded a uh, headstrong, intelligent group of people, talented people working on Stadia, and they're going to put forth a great product. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of great products out there that the pe the public just went eh. So it's it's not just a matter of is if is it going to be great? Is the is are, are people going to care? Yeah. Once Stadia does release, and hypothetically that shit does take off. All everybody's gonna do it. That's gonna be the next. That's gonna be the next horse for people to jump onto. Yeah. Until then, if they're smart, they're gonna stick to what they know, which is having consoles that are powerful and giving us a disc mm -hmm. or or a memory card. You know, you not. I'm, I'm not against you changing the media type. You know, do what a Switch does. Has a, have a little fucking console. I don't. I don't care how you get it to me. But I need to have a way that I can at any given time just go grab the game, provided I have it, mm. without needing an internet connection, without needing to be online, period, and play the game. And for anybody that is just thinking this is just hogwash, like, what is your deal? Like, it's, it's what is this going to matter 20 years from now? I say, oh, a lot of people are saying that right now. Those that played the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis and have either sold or lost or they just don't work their consoles, they can't play their games anymore. That mm -hmm. I didn't need a fucking internet connection to play Final Fantasy VI, but I can go grab the cartridge right now. So transport your mind 20 years from now when whatever happens you know there's still legalities and all this shit around your games the point <laughs> is you need to be you need to have a way where you can have your games right there and i'm yeah. fine with having a you know there's no physical disc at all but you better have one hell of a solid 
and this is something else to think about, Chris. Hard drives don't last forever. Right. You know? Uh, granted, the battery life in video in uh, old con- uh, uh, cartridge-based games, the batteries go out. Yes, you can replace the battery, though. And when the battery goes out, you lose your save data and all that. But again, mm-hmm. you can replace the battery. When hard drives go out, you can kind of save the data? It depends. I mean, you may get lucky. Yeah, you may get lucky and be able to pull some fucking backwoods redneck bullshit, like throwing it into a baggie and throwing it in a freezer for two days, sure. and then getting like your last gasp boot <laughs> to get your data off. Otherwise, this is the reality, folks. Your hard drive is going to cost you several hundreds of dollars to replicate, not a couple, several hundreds of dollars. And even then, they're going to write you back and go, hey, you had a four terabyte hard drive with, you know, 60 games on it. We were only able to salvage about 1.3 terabytes. Here's your seven games. I'm sorry. So even saying that, okay, we'll give you a large hard drive, that doesn't really fix the problem. Well, that's that's also assuming. I mean, that's kind of skipping over, glossing over the fact that you can just re-download it on a replacement drive. You know, yeah. How true, you get that replacement is going to cost money. Exactly. You know, depending if it's covered or you know they do it or whatnot. But that's exactly. Yeah, you can still re-download it. Um, yeah. Uh, but talking about hard drive, this is a really good transition to talking about the PS5 spec information because oh, yeah. the the biggest thing. From that article, one of my favorite things from that article is they said, not only are we transitioning to an SSD, we are transitioning to an SSD that's better than anything on the market right now. This is a future SSD. Phenomenal. Love that. That is amazing. That That is exactly what PlayStation needs, and that kind of keeps their trend of just blowing things out of the water with their console. Um, Yep. They're not going, they're not, you know, making these huge huge leaps, you know, discless or all digital they're just like yeah you you have your game whether you buy it digital or physical but here's the ssd that's going to run it and going back to the streaming conversation how this ties into that is that sounds like they're trying to co- directly compete with the excuse me with the streaming speeds yep yep um uh I heard Easy Allies talk about it, and mm-hmm. I have not read the actual Wired article. For those wondering, where we Chris did a fucking five out of five uh, segue into this topic. I love that. Uh, there was a Wired article uh, a couple days ago, so we're thinking around the 17th, 18th, 19th, somewhere around that time. And it was basically a closed doors kind of uh, interview going over details of the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't read that and I didn't I don't have all the details but I need to know if was the backwards compatibility thing brought up again or is that a rumor so far or uh, what? Let me do a search. Uh, and while you're searching uh, for the audience the last that I have heard and again I don't think I've only heard this word of mouth uh, but i could have sworn I've heard something along the lines of the PlayStation 4 is going to be 100% backwards compatible with every previous generation of the PlayStation. That's what I've heard. I don't know where they pulled that from, and I don't can't even really name names, yeah. and I wouldn't, but... <laughs> I, I don't think we can really speak on anything going before PS4 at this point. Um, obviously, the technology is there because the PS4, and even the PS3 to a certain extent, ignoring the you know original version that was completely backwards compatible 
But yeah. looking at the PS4, you can play other games, and they're kind of re-releasing them for PS4 structure. But the when it comes to compatibility, the PS4 is essentially we're and this is kind of another discussion we could get into is kind of basically just a pc and a you know console box um Mm -hmm. it's we're getting further and further away from the proprietary uh sony only or microsoft only or nintendo only technology in the machines i think nintendo still probably does it but uh xbox and playstation at least are they're basically just pc parts um good pc parts maybe things you can't get you know commercially as a consumer but they're still pc parts um, so that is helping, uh, with the backwards compatibility and it doesn't explicitly say that they're going to allow backwards compatibility, but because the PS5's architecture is based in part on the PS4's architecture as is they're, you know, basically just upgrading mm-hmm. it sounds like, um, so the PS5, <laughs> if we want to think of it this way, maybe a PS4 pro pro, <laughs> So we're just getting the next iteration and it's enough of a leap that, you know, they can uh, up the number to five. Right. Um, but because of that, not that they'll allow backwards compatibility, but saying that it should allow, it should enable all PS4 titles to be backwards compatible on PS5. There should be yeah. no reason not to aside from policy at that point. You know, there's no emulation yeah. concerns, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is no firm information on that yet. Gotcha. That was one of the many things that uh, this the whole PlayStation Five news uh, spun around and got. That's I was really keen to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things brought up about the PlayStation Five: eight K support. You know, we just you, yeah. you might as well just understand <laughs> this. Every console going up by the time that four K is out, eight K is discussed. By the time eight K is coming out, twelve K and sixteen and sixty four and one hundred twenty, all this shit's coming. Yeah. So that was okay. More resolution. Got it. Yeah, um, and, and it's a lot of people are like whoop de do, and it absolutely is that. But they have to prepare for the new standards it may be years out right. but they have to be ready they cannot right. be the console that's behind none of them want to have that issue uh except maybe right. nintendo who doesn't care nintendo does what nintendo does <laughs> right right they say they don't care and then they come out with a switch pro you know yeah. <laughs> it's like we'll we'll get to it when we're ready not yeah, exactly. when you demand it <laughs> yeah. but uh the the big banner topic that's discussed all over the place as most games and and uh PCs are being discussed right now is ray tracing. That's the that's the uh, blast processing of this next generation. Mm-hmm. Is who's going to be doing ray tracing? How much is it going to be? What is it going to offer? What's it going to bring to the table? Uh, any thoughts on ray tracing on your side, Chris? Um, not really. I'm I've <laughs> heard a little bit about it, but I'm just like, okay, things are going to look better. Great. I'll probably see that in a console before I see my PC. Because I don't, yeah. you know, upgrade video cards very often. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, When something dies, I'll replace it. Or if I see a really good deal, like the video card that's in my PC now, it's a $700 video card. I didn't pay mm-hmm. that much for it. I paid 350 yeah. because someone I knew was selling it. <laughs> so yep. it's technically yep. used, gently used. But yeah, so that was <laughs> awesome. I would never pay $700 for a video card. You're out of your mind. Yeah. No, I would never pay that much. I'd pay twelve hundred dollars, like a man. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, ray tracing. 
Yeah, ray <sighs> tracing and 8K and all that stuff is fine and dandy. Uh, uh, real gonna, quick. I'm going to sound... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. If you're still on ray tracing, I was going to bounce back real quick to something else. Nope. I'm all, I'm off ray tracing. Okay. So I wanted... I You said you didn't read the article, so I don't know if you caught this part, if you skimmed through it, but there... Talk going back to SSD and how fast it is. They had an example of Spider-Man. Uh, yes, I was going to talk about this. Yes, oh, good, man. good. We'll discuss this. So the loading time, and it's really great about loading times anyway, you know. But some things you that I wasn't even aware of is how they tie your uh, Spider-Man speed to loading speed. So you literally mm-hmm. cannot swing faster than the game can load. They kind of throttle right. it. Um, right. But when you do load, you know, fast travel and whatnot, um, typically about 15 seconds is what they're using as the benchmark. With this SSD in the PS5, it took 0.8 seconds. Less than a second. Yep. Personally, that took 15 seconds before. Yep. That is a now, huge leap. Yes, it is. That is that that shows. So that is a clear cut demonstration of the power that the PlayStation Five is going to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Something that the Easy Allies brought up, which I was thinking, and it just so happens that they said it. Now it sounds like I'm copying them, but I thought the same <laughs> thing when I heard this being discussed. So you're talking about the PlayStation Five, mm-hmm. and yet you're using a PlayStation Four game to show me how powerful your PlayStation 5 game, your five, PlayStation 5 console is. Well, that's great. I mean, that's that's stellar. I can put a PlayStation 1 game into a PlayStation 2 in faster load times. Does nothing yeah. for me. I mean, I get what you're getting at. I get that you're showing off the power, but the power is going to be in God of War 2. The power is going to be in Spider-Man 2. You know, oh, yeah. I need to see what this can do. Show me this 8K ray tracing, then show me the load times behind that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, well, hold on now. If we got the ex- exactly, like, that's great that you're showing me an older game. Uh, and I'm using older in a respectful way when yeah. I'm talking about Spider-Man, but you're using last generation to promote this generation. That's that's a you get a thumbs up, cool story, bro, from me. You don't get a <laughs> ah, console bought. Got it. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah, uh, that I mean that segues into my main. This is this is my whole PlayStation Five situation wrapped up in a nice sentence. Where are the games? As going back to what we brought up like a half an hour ago, this is where it sells to me. This is something that's been around for me since, you know, PC hardware got released. When new consoles get announced, I people are throwing numbers at me and specs at me and all the processing power. And I'm like, yes, I am not a Neanderthal. I get the idea that you are moving from generation eight to generation nine. Improvements will be made to the hardware. You're not selling me for that. What games are you bringing and what games are going to be exclusive? And it was funny. I actually had, I was discussing this at work with a, with a coworker of mine who is, a loose gamer you know they play some call of duty they play some madden they play some uh fortnite and stuff like that they, they understand gaming a little bit 
And they say, well, why would you pick a pl- why, like why would you pick a PlayStation Five over a, over an Xbox Two or a Switch Two? You know what 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 would bring games to the table matter? And I just kind of had to look at them and well, games <laughs> is why I I play them. So mm-hmm. again. It's really simple. If all these three next generation consoles get lined up in a row, yeah, PlayStation, the Switch says, "Duh, Chris, it's the new Mario's coming, the new Zelda's coming." I mean, it's already mm-hmm. gonna be bought. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, when the Xbox Two comes out, they go Crackdown Four, uh, Halo, uh, Halo Seven, and. Fuck, I can't even think of it. Forza Motorsports 29. <laughs> That's your exclusives. But PlayStation says God of War 2, Persona 6, Bloodborne 2, uh, The Last of Us uh, 2, obviously. I mean, well, they're the exclusives. Like, and they're like, why don't you just buy all of them? Like, well, well hold on, Mr. Fucking Moneybags. We can't, we can't all just stroll down to the fucking shop and buy all these consoles at one time and all these games. You know, that, if, if you're asking why a decision would be made or when a decision would need to be made, that's the answer. Where the games are going to be. Yeah. Not everything is cross-platform yet. We haven't got there. and we I mean, until these companies do the big handshake, we're not going to get there. It's going to be a huge ex- exclusivity war. Now, if we're only talking about games coming out for the PlayStation 5, and even if it's not a... If we're not just solely talking about initial release, mm-hmm. uh, launch release... I kind of already know that God of War 2 is coming. I kind of I kind of sort of hope that PlayStation that Persona 6 is coming, but I mean they're kind of making stuff on the Switch now too, so who knows, but yeah. I kind of feel it'll go that way. So I would have to look at what games are going to be coming out at launch. And mm-hmm. then it's a simple calculus of, okay, well, is that game coming out for the Xbox 2? Is that game coming out for the Xbox 2 and the next Switch? If they are, well, and it's just a matter of which do I want. But mm-hmm. when they specifically have console-specific games, i.e. exclusivity, that's what's going to guide my money. The ray tracing and the 8K and the, the all that shit is... That's okay. Improvements. Discless only, you know, streaming only. That's something critical to, to, to consider. Right. But everything else, hey, we're going to make your games prettier and load faster and play smoother. Good. I'm, I'm assuming you would. Yeah. <laughs> what, what games are you bringing? What, that's where you wow mm-hmm. me. So, so like, you know, PlayStation 5 is coming. Yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah and it sounds you know i there another part of the whole xbox thing and um i i'm trying to remember if i heard this on an inside gaming video which is the rebranded machinima that you know funhouse took over etc um i don't know if it was on there or another channel but or if i read an article but basically the other part of the disc list was also that Microsoft is just kind of getting, looking to get away from the, uh, you know, possibly getting away from the console business, you know, going to Xbox as a service because apparently Xbox Live, they said something about it being available on Switch. Yep. So, okay. I mean, they've already kind of made their transition and including PC. Um, 
whether or not there's that's their Xbox store or um, how that'll interface with Steam, whatever. But yeah, I mean, if Microsoft got out of the console business and then went only into games, mm-hmm. that would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other news stuff you want to ramble on about? Um, well, let's see. So I'm not going to actually go through the list, but there are more uh, Genesis Mini games that were revealed. Uh, mm-hmm. They revealed, I think, 10 more. Um, it's, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that they're putting Streets of Rage 2 on instead of 3. Um, well, that's the best one. I mean, no. <laughs> um, but I'm kind of disappointed with this overall. Um, yeah. It's not looking great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as subjective as that statement is, I mean, it, 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 it is true. It's the same for all these consoles. With I'd say, the, I'd, I'd still say the Super Nintendo did almost the best job oh, of, yeah. of getting hits everywhere, like almost mm-hmm. must plays everywhere. But and I mean, we've we've discussed this this uh, this Genesis Mini before on a couple of podcasts already. And my conclusion after looking over the list still is the same. Almost all of those games I can play on Steam through one of my three Sega Collection type games. So aside from a novelty and just having it on the shelf to point at and go, ha ha, it's not not an incentive yet. I still still don't even own an SNES Mini yet. I will eventually. So, but um. There, there's another article that I found mm-hmm. very interesting, uh, not mm-hmm. particularly because of the specific subject per se, but mm-hmm. it is, so Capcom released a plug and play fighting stick. It's basically, you know, yeah. fighting yes, game thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. They've done that before. No big deal. And it comes with games on it. Now, the way mm-hmm. this happens is there's an emulator on it, um, which is something I hadn't really consciously thought about in the past with these little things, you know, outside of the minis, because it's like, yeah, if you crack, you know, one of the minis uh, emulators, you can put whatever games you want on it. So you can, you know, root your mini, et cetera, and turn into an emulator player or a ROM player, um, which is whatever. But the fight stick has emulator on it. And the controversy here is that it is a open source emulator that prevents money or from prevents profit from being made uh, by using it. So they're technically in violation of this. Um, hmm. It's which is very interesting that I I don't I, I maybe I just don't understand this whole thing. Why are they using an emulator that's open source when why not just use arcade stuff, you know, like proprietary or, you know, whatever their standard is when they release it in a literal arcade box? Why are they not using the same sort of technology? You know, is it size? Is it what's going on here? Um, yeah. But it's funny. And then after looking into this more, well, the PlayStation Mini is using the same emulator. I just played the Lunar uh, remake on. The mm-hmm. same exact emulator software behind wow. it is what's mm-hmm. on the PlayStation Mini. That's that's kind of baffling, you know, <laughs> that we're seeing emulator software made by others being used on official hardware 
And yeah. the PS Mini doesn't have an issue with the emulation like that because the, the license permits that use, uh, right. et cetera. Or they license it, actually. They paid for the use of it. Which, yeah. why would Sony play, pay for the use of it when they own the original stuff, you know? Or are they just... <laughs> it's it's so Laziness? bad. This, yeah, exactly. I don't know. This whole topic has just surfaced and just kind of blown my mind. All these things yeah. I never thought about before, never even considered. You know, I have three mini sitting on my desk right now within arm's reach. And I never thought about, you know, what ran them other than, yeah, it's, you know, emulating the console, but never how. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always as, as as well understood that there's there's emulation in there. And that's mm-hmm. really all it is to it. But it's crazy how they have went in and manipulated the emulation to... I mean, for those people that use emulators or have used emulators, mm-hmm. they they play everything. You know, if you have a NES emulator, the whole library is available to you. That's region free. You can play anything on those emulators. So if at the at a minimum, you may need a patch here. Or there. Well, yeah, or it depends on some, your BIOS, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, the BIOS and the coding. But I mean, there's there's simple click click. You're you can play everything, mm-hmm. literally everything. And even if we're only talking about the US a US specific emulator that plays US specific games, the entirety of the US library is to you. It's mm-hmm. free. It's there. It's wide open. So. And get your head around this, folks. When you open up a SNES Mini, there is the same fucking emulation in there, but they only have the the thirty games or the twenty eight games or whatever. So it's like, could you guys just like, can you guys just like pull off the limiters? <laughs> like, why? Why did you do this? Um. Uh, it's, to it's, to it's, kind of clarify that a little bit, they are able to play everything, um, but you still have to have the game, you know. Um, well, there's the yeah. whole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, no, I, again, that's why I didn't point specific fingers and name specific names. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the legality is you have to physically own the game itself. Sure. But the, the the point remains that. The emulation, the emulator to a fault can do everything. Yeah, and then they limit you when you have the mini. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And as far as as far as Capcom, yeah, I I almost kind of want to put it to a little bit of laziness. I really do. Laziness or just man, if somebody else already did the work, why the fuck do we need to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, it just hey, hey, can we just like bum this coding off of you and then you know, thanks for the work. We'll just tweak a few things here and there, and it fits, and then bam, it works. I, I I can I can understand that. The only ch- question would be, and this is especially prevalent for something like oh I don't know the PlayStation Mini, uh, when your emulation does not a hundred percent emulate correctly the way yeah. it was, that's bad. I still to this day can play. There are so many, I wish I I should make a list of them, but I there are so many Super Nintendo games that I can play. And you could play them side by side, and I can tell you that's the console, that's the emulator. And I'm like, well, the graphics look the same. Yep, they look, graphics look flawless, and like, there's no hiccup. And they they even have it where like it would freeze here, so it freezes the emulator. Yeah, I buy that. The music, I can hear the music every <laughs> time. I can I can pick the music out, and I can pick the sound effects out, and that seems to be the biggest challenge for a lot of these emulators. 
Yeah. And then the further up, the further up you go in the generations, it's not just the music. It's now you actually start getting into hardware problems and, and you know, uh, game emulation not not being 100 percent correct and yeah the, colors being off and all that so the nintendo 64 is kind of one of the long time hardest uh <clears throat> consoles to emulate property property properly um mm-hmm. there are games that i'd have to load up an, an updated uh 64 emulator but mm-hmm. like the game uh wetrix i talked about before being you know one of my favorite 64 games uh-huh. it was not compatible with any 64 emulator Yep. For yep. years. I don't know if it's still not. It still might not be. <laughs> I haven't tried. There, the the two biggest challenges for me uh have been and I haven't man, I haven't addressed this issue in like three or four years, if not more, have been uh Yoshi's story and Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap, I could never get a reticle to pop up on the screen mm-hmm. and it would freeze at certain points. And Yoshi's story I think there would be like a hard wall. Like I would get to a certain point in the first level and could not go past it. Something like that. <laughs> and I mean, they get better over time. You know, some there there are dedicated people out there that are working on uh, both hardware patches and you know ROM corrections and yeah. you know re- remaking ROMs. But yeah, I'll agree. I'll, and and if anybody wants to get their head around how hard this shit is to do. And how worse it gets. That's the 64. Mm-hmm. The PlayStation 2, I mean, the 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 coding alone for, for actual companies with, you know, tens of people, if not hundreds of people coding and, and, and designing the PlayStation 2, it was a fucking nightmare to program games for. Now, imagine somebody, one guy, you know, a guy and a girl, three girls, whatever, people trying to recreate this you know copying the hardware code and making that code work and and then matching every game oh man i i do not envy those people that that dedicated work there is dedicated work and they're at it but as every progressive generation goes on there's more to do and um I don't know how we got off an emulation tangent here, but I don't the like Capcom it. thing. <laughs> yeah, the Capcom thing. The one thing that I will say about the Capcom controller, uh, the games aside, I mean that's cool. It's got games bowling in with it. This thing is fucking huge. Yeah, uh, it's like as big as your couch. Huge. That's an exaggeration, but just so you get a, a mental <laughs> picture, this thing is fucking huge. But the coolest aspect that I got out of it is that it has a. Uh, it's just so gaudy. This is so over the top. It's as if the, as if a giant controller that was shaped in the Capcom word is not gaudy enough. Uh, there is a lighting effect to it that it basically has a sparkle effect via LEDs or whatever that will make it sparkle across the face of it, like the Capcom logo sparkled. I did think that was a pretty fucking cool touch. But... Other than that, I mean, it's a fighting arcade stick for a bunch of fighting games with fighting games on it. I think the, the price is around two hundred bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which I is, don't know. I want to say it was around two hundred, but cool. Let me know when there's a <laughs> Mega Man helmet that has all the Mega Man games in it, and I can play with my <laughs> eyeballs, and I'm in. Anything else? Um, that tap us out. Joker is in Smash now. Um, Joker is in. Yep. yep, and we won't even talk about the whole level creation mess. Um, yeah. But 
Uh, I t- and just for a quick, I didn't play uh, as Joker. I just watched a little bit of video, a little bit of gameplay. He uh, he has a charge meter similar to um, Cloud or Little Mac, mm-hmm. you know, where you can charge up and then something happens. Uh, his you you know summon his persona and it buffs him. So it's a ongoing effect instead of like a one-time attack, like you know Cloud's uh, limit break, etc. Um, so it looks cool, and I'm not hearing any real bad things about them. So it sounds like they balanced them pretty well. Yeah, uh, with with that with that creator and that team, I typically don't hear too many bad things about characters at all in that game so mm-hmm. it's just i mean it 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 does deserve a fucking round of applause to have that many characters in a game and have them all be different and yet balanced yeah you know, it's fucking hats off yeah um who starts the weeks off chris me or you oh man i don't even know how we did it last week <laughs> I don't remember either. I think uh, I, I even think went back went and first. looked. Yeah. Okay. Yes, then please, by all means, the, the show is yours. All right. So I I have... Okay, let me start over. I've had an issue the last few weeks. Um, okay. I go on Twitch, and I have some things I watch like every day, like uh, uh, Barbarous King, the guy that made uh, Grimpoo World 2, um, he, he plays Mario pretty often, so whenever he does that, which is most days, I watch him at least for part of the day because um, he streams while I'm working. Um, but sometimes, you know, if he's playing something else or I get bored of Mario, I go to my, you know, Twitch following list and I'm like, I don't feel like watching any of these games. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll go to, you know, the top channels on Twitch right now. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to watch Fortnite. I don't want to watch Siege. I don't want to watch Dota. I don't want to watch League of Legends. I don't want to watch any of these, you know, super popular games um, because I just generally don't care about them uh, enough to watch them. Um, So I decided, you know what? I haven't been on Netflix in a while. Let me go load it up and see what there is, you know, something to watch to pass the time. Um, And I ended up, um, this week in particular, I also signed up for uh hbo now which is the i guess the replacement for hbo go um Mm -hmm. and so i could watch the game of thrones thing um which i watched and i'm not even gonna talk about because nothing happened obviously um (laughs) but uh going back to netflix i was like okay let me see what's on and they you know give me what's recommended etc and i've watched so many marvel movies on there that one of my recommended things was ant-man and the wasp Mm. Um, I had not seen that yet, uh, mm-hmm. so I watched that movie. Um, that was pretty good. Um, my 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 favorite character in those movies at this point has got to be uh, the guy that works for him or works mm-hmm. with him, whatever. That mm-hmm. just goes on and on and on and rambles. Uh, <laughs> he is that is just a great character, um, and I like that. Uh, you know, th- that crew was part of that movie as well. Um, Just so you're talking about Michael, Michael, the Michael Pena character. Uh, let me let me pull it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I always remember him from uh, uh, oh Jesus, oh no, how could I forget this movie? Now I've got to look it up. There's a <laughs> uh, there's a cop movie that he played in 
with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and it was a fucking phenomenal film. So we're both look. Oh, End of Watch. Every time I see Michael Pena, I think of End of Watch, which, Chris, if you have not seen that movie, and audience, if you have not seen that movie, you need to see that movie. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. It was yes, fucking great. That is who I'm talking about. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Lewis is the character's name. Ah, gotcha. Um, yeah, but he's he's got to be one of my favorite uh, characters in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. It... It felt a little odd at times. Um, there was something about the flow that just seemed a little bit weird. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I enjoyed the movie. Um, um, I don't know. Probably the first one, I'd say, maybe it's better overall. But it's pretty mm-hmm. close. I don't know. That's, that's yeah. a hard. That's a hard comparison to make. Can I can I ask a question that you're probably fixing to answer anyway? Sure. Uh, how much does Ant-Man and the Wasp feed into either one, all these movies before Endgame, mm-hmm. and two, do you think this movie is going to play into Endgame? Be mindful when you answer this question, though, I have not seen Ant-Man and Wasp yet, and spoilers for the audience, too, just in okay. case. So nothing specific, but more like yes and no's, I guess. There is one thing... That got me excited for Endgame again uh, from this. You know, always when mm-hmm. you watch a Marvel movie, there's something that, you know, you like and it makes you look forward to the next one. Um, mm-hmm. There was something related to Endgame in this movie. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And it got me excited for Endgame again. Um, brought it back to the surface. So Good. Um, As if it wasn't fucking already like, like yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I recommend Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, if you like Ant-Man, yeah, no reason not to watch it, especially it's on Netflix now. So just go right. watch it. <laughs> right. It's, it's an MCU film folks. Yeah. Go ch- come on. <laughs> At a minimum, it's going to be a good movie. So, <laughs> so sticking to the theme of superheroes bouncing around, it's actually the last thing I've watched this week, but, uh, okay. Yesterday I watched Wonder Woman. All right. All right. Oh, um, okay. It is on HBO now, so I was able to watch uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I will say one of my... Well, let me see. Let me not get my movies confused. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't actually write down my notes. I just mem- you know took a couple mental notes on this one. Yeah, um, that's fine. Wonder Woman was interesting the i thought the best part of it was basically the latter like quarter until yeah. the like last you know 10 minutes or something yeah it, so had it got a really interesting effect. and then it was like oh yeah. you know here's the reveal had a mass effect three uh, thing yeah yeah so it's i don't know i i if you have a service that's playing it, like if you have HBO now, no reason not to watch it. But if you, you know, if it was buying it by itself, don't know that I'd recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's DC. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to not compare them to the MCU standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's, it was decent. Um, it was a nice little look into the background and, uh, 
you know, introduction of Wonder Woman to the broader world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is my, this is my, as of this recording, firm stance on a couple of these DC movies. If you want to get the cream of the crop, while not directly in the DCCU, I mean, you're talking Dark Knight for many reasons, if not just for the Joker, if just even for a cinematic reason. There you go. But if you are talking the established DCCU, if you want an idea, and this is my opinion, just come at me, bro, but this is my opinion. <laughs> If you want to look in the later part, as, again, of, as of this recording, the later part of can is DC getting better? Are they getting better at it? Mm-hmm. I would say first look to Wonder Woman. I mm-hmm. think that Wonder Woman was a good, oh, okay, all right, this was better than I expected. This is not the greatest thing in cinematography history, sure. but it's it's damn good. It's it's there's an upward progress here. I see that. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And if you want, and if you want an example of okay, they officially have shown they can do this. They just need to do it. Is Aquaman the the level of characters in that movie? The level of variety? The level mm-hmm. of them looking down the pit and going, motherfucker, we're going all in. You're gonna <laughs> see people riding on top of sharks. You're gonna see fucking seahorses fighting crabs. You're gonna see krakens. You're gonna have a fun, entertaining story as well as having a bunch of really cool action scenes. We're gonna pump as much as we can into the CG and make it look good. This is while again. In the world of cinematography, it's not a 10 out of 10 fucking masterpiece, but it's a movie to put in front of somebody and go, do you think DC can do this? Do you think that they have more in them and they can make something that's on the equivalent of Injustice 2, but in theaters, Aquaman is where you go. Because it shows that that's them going, yeah, we'll put all this crazy shit in there, man. We'll mm-hmm. we'll do it. What's the Black Manta like? You know, is, is he got the he's got this fucking black big ass bulbous head with big ass red eyes and tentacles out the back, <laughs> and he shoots lasers. Fuck yeah, we're gonna do that. Are you sure you don't want to like, you know, slim the head down and maybe recreate the? No, I want show me a picture of him in the comics that's that's what he is i want that in the comic in the movie that's what mm-hmm. i want to see show me a picture of atlantis okay there's a castle looking area it's all underwater uh okay so i see a bunch of sharks and crabs and seahorses and i see these this race of like mermaid look i want all that shit in what that looks really weird i don't give a fuck i want all that in i want all of this in <laughs> if people watch if people read the comics and they see this i want to see that on the screen yeah because it gives me hope it's it's I, I i agree chris i feel that it's bad that we're like the fucking console generation of of uh <laughs> the console wars generations of mm-hmm. these films but when you measure these two side by side mcu is fucking striding I mean, they're oh, just yeah. fucking striding across that track. And DC, back in the past, was fucking stumbling and, and doing front cartwheels and shit. <laughs> but when I see Aquaman, I see them look to MCU and go, and and they're they're pacing now. They're trying. Mm-hmm. They're trying. So I, I, I can't wait to see what these next batch of DCCU type movies uh, come into play. If they keep in this vein, will they match the MCU? Uh, that's, that's debatable. And we won't know that till they come out. But do I feel that they can do it? 
looking at Aquaman and Wonder Woman specifically, yeah, I think they can. If they keep their head in this fucking game, they've got it. If they go back to a, if they look at, if they pull a fucking fox and go, yeah, we'll have a main character like Wolverine in a black fucking jumpsuit, they have fucked themselves. And now (laughs) I don't want a part of it. So. Yeah. So, uh, going to a movie I don't know if you've seen or even heard of, um, depends how much you peruse Netflix, but there's a movie on there called Ninja Assassin. Um, this movie, which when I loaded it up, I actually thought it was a series, so I was just prepared yes. to watch an episode, but it's actually a movie. Um, I knew I had seen this movie. I had to pull it up on IMDb just mm-hmm. to make sure. Yes, this is one of the one of the, I actually own this DVD. I've seen this movie a few times. Wow, boy, is it over the top um, with oh, blood and stuff? Yeah. It is. Oh yeah. When it starts. And we see people being chopped to pieces, and it's it's just a mess. Um, there is mm-hmm. a scene in the movie later that involves rain, and you can tell <laughs> that like no effort was put in to blend the rain with the blood in any way. So the blood is just like <laughs> bright red on this dreary yep. rain-filled screen, and it's like, man, yep. I-, I get what you were going for here, and admittedly the premise of the movie is interesting um Mm -hmm. the you know plot wise it it is absolutely interesting it's just the visual aspect of it yeah is a bit much um so that was an amusing watch i don't i don't think i have anything else to say besides that i will totally admit that the the, the three four times i have watched ninja ninja assassin it's it's almost been solely for the action scenes Mm -hmm. they yeah, there's a slight imbalance there because on the one hand, you do have some fairly well choreographed and just flat out just, oh, that was cool scenes. Yeah. But the amount of and the way that the amount of blood and the way the blood comes off and out, it's like, wow, <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. it's a, that's a bit much, but it fits with what they're going for. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a, it's a popcorn flick blood gushing movie. That's really it's- all you can say about it. Th- thinking more on the blood thing, that's kind of an anime style. You know, anime is always over exaggerated. Yeah. That's yes. it's like an anime style blood, but in a you know uh, live action movie. <laughs> yes, this is Hollywood saying yes, Chris. We can do a Ninja Scroll movie. We just oh, won't because we would <laughs> suck at it. So, the final movie I watched this week. Um, was Inception. Oh. Um, I'd never nice. seen it before. Um, and, you know, there's the whole, you know, Inception meme thing inside a meme, etc. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I absolutely love about this movie is it doesn't stop. It is yes. action on action on action on action. You know, you got a little bit of dialogue in between and an action. <laughs> mm-hmm. The pacing on this was really really good yes Um, yes the visuals really good um you know things start getting wonky and it looks right as right as something weird you know can look (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that Mm -hmm. makes sense um they kind of i mean it's a layered plot with it you know you have things within things and then the ending you're makes you think even more um 
but overall, yeah, I thought it was really solid, a really good movie. Um, yes, plot, plot wise was good. Action was pretty good. Uh, the pacing was phenomenal. Fun fact, and this has happened many times in my life. Uh, the a word that I use regularly, regularly to this day, is specificity. And yeah, I picked that up from Inception. <laughs> I, this happens all the time. <laughs> different movies in life have taught me different different words. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I saw this movie back in the day. I don't think I saw it in theaters. It was about. It was probably already out on DVD by the time I seen it. I had seen it, and uh, I was in. Intri- it's it's. It, there's a lot of intrigue throughout this movie. It's constantly. Mm-hmm. It it does a solid job of that of that type of movie. And that type of movie being, there's a league of experts involved in all this. And here comes this person that knows nothing. And the experts are going to tell the person how things work. And they're mm-hmm. going to learn. It's a typical movie thing. You know, That's this is how we educate the audience. You are essentially the, the, uh, the unknown one. And you're right. going to be educated over time just as that character is going to to be uh and yes as the more that gets developed the plot as it gets developed the more the, the the more reasoning behind what they're doing the motivation for Cobb to do what he's doing mm-hmm. just uh and it, yeah just solid movie all the way around uh and i can do a go ahead and i have so many questions about this world too <laughs> yeah they yeah. they left so much stuff open so much background that is unexplored it's like what how how did we yeah. even get to this point? You know, sure we mm-hmm. okay. So we know about Cobb's story here, but okay, ignoring Cobb for a moment, let's just look at this whole program thing, dreams, and all this. Uh, how how did we get to this point? You know, how did this yeah. grow to being a quote unquote normal thing? You know, in a loose yeah. use of the word, <clears throat> I, I'm interested in all this lore in this world now. Like we know that Ariadne is going to a college for something, and I'd have to go watch the movie again to remember if she was going. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she was in a school that was for a study that was focusing on psychology, mm-hmm. but I it's not like she was going to a school for this dream jumping stuff, right? You know? So there's that, and there's also okay if this exists, why is it like a small little sect? of group of people deal with this why Mm -hmm. is this not mass produced and people can go into like shops and have this done you know it's uh, yeah but it's it's prominent enough that there's an underground for and criminals are are not even criminals but you know executives are using it there's a whole it's that's why i said normal you know loosely Mm -hmm. because it's a known technology but it's not known by everyone type thing yeah Uh uh-huh yeah, solid movie, man. Glad you watched it. Glad you checked it out. Yep. Um, so, well, I didn't even... I'm terrible with my notes lately. Um, it's fine. Jump, jumping into the games, uh, I'll go straight to Monday. Uh, did have Mario Monday again, where I play... I continued playing uh, Baby Kaizo World, and I need to load it up, or load my... Uh, note thing up because so last week i said i was at 11 exits i was actually at 13 um i just hadn't updated my uh stream label so i was going off you know old data um but 
I went from 13 to 17 exits this week. So making decent progress. Uh, that level I was talking about last week that just was baffling me. Took me about 15 minutes, and then I think it was a total of 30 minutes after I started playing on Monday that I beat that level because it finally clicked what I was doing wrong. <laughs> um, and that's how the Kaizo games are. You know, it's, okay, death, death, death. Now I understand, and it becomes so much easier. Um, right. I'm still having a ton of fun with it. It's it's a nice challenge. Um Without being overboard, it's not like, you know, when I picked up Grand Pool World 2 and said, okay, I'm going to try this and spent, you know, close to four hours and not even getting to the first checkpoint. <laughs> this is designed to be easier, uh, but still challenging. And it, it meets that. Um, I'm still having a lot of fun with it. Uh, got the first secret area, um, the first alternate exit, etc. First Switch Palace. So good progress on that. Now, what I took, um, so I continued from last week, my Lunar, the Silver Star, and Lunar, Silver Star Story Complete comparison, Mm -hmm. and I finished that this week. Okay. Um, And man, I have had so much fun with this. Um, I, so a little bit of background here, before talking to adam actually i had i don't think i'd ever met anyone or even talked to anyone that had played lunar and sega cd just period mm-hmm. um so you know adam talking to adam i talked to adam a little bit uh on discord this week about it as well about mm-hmm. the uh, comparison but i actually had you know a couple of people pop into my uh twitch stream and start asking questions and it was fun to just talk about lunar um in this comparison, and kind of last week, you know, I dove into it by dropping the remake down the uh, years <laughs> results, <laughs> um, which I still stick to, um, if not kind of want to take it off completely. Um, yeah. But uh, the remake, man, and it is not, it is not good. Um, it's... It's okay for someone that's never played Lunar just to get them an introduction, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things where if you even slightly liked the Lunar remake, go play the original, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much better. Um, the story, they changed enough of the story so it's different. Um, the ordering of places you go is different. The maps are different. The character dialogue is different some of the personality traits are a little bit different and not in a good way in a lot of cases um adam did bring up a good point when we we're talking about it the the cutscenes in the remake are pretty good and they are um once you get past how those cutscenes may be you know trashing the story but especially in probably the later half of the game the cutscenes get really good um so that is a positive um and i did start uh to kind of jump forward and back real quick i did start the same thing with lunar 2 yesterday um Mm -hmm. and something i immediately was reminded of when i played lunar 2 on sega city was that a lot of things they did in the lunar remake 
was the quality of life changes they did to make it better were things that Lunar 2 did. Uh-huh. So if you look at the remake, you don't even get the remake that much credit because they just took Lunar 2 uh, UI type stuff. Um, so it's kind of like, eh, even in that aspect, I can't give them that much credit anymore after remembering that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was so much fun playing through uh, the game again. And uh, it was it was pretty brutal because like, okay, yeah, I, I should be done with this. Like I was planning to be done Tuesday, I think. And then I'm like, okay, well, I got a little bit of a later start on Tuesday, but yeah, I'll finish on Wednesday. And Wednesday ended up being a like six and a half hour stream. I was up till, you know, after midnight <laughs> after working <laughs> and jumping right into it because there was a lot more to do and playing two copies of the game, basically, uh, which PlayStation is longer. So that's there's that aspect of it. Um, but I'm going to do some quick math real quick to see exactly, you know, well, not exactly, but roughly how long this took me. So let's see, 3, 5, 10, 11, 16, 17, uh, 21, uh, 27, roughly 28-ish hours to play through both of these games. Hmm. Uh, most of that is the remake um, because uh. Lunar, Lunar can be played through in like eight hours easily depending on how mm-hmm. much you're skipping if you're this is watching every cutscene listening to all the dialogue mashing through text dialogue pretty fast though because i read fast yeah. and i wasn't i was you know we're basically gonna see kind of things twice so <laughs> no reason to uh read it slowly each time right but yes yeah, so that was a long time for that uh, and Again, a lot of that was PlayStation because it was so much harder. Um, they upped the difficulty of it. Mainly, part of that, well, there's parts of this. Um, the first part is that they changed the way the spells and stuff worked for characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, in particular, his magic abilities kind of suck. Um, you have one <laughs> attack you use mainly through the game, and then you have a power boost so you power boost and then just have him use his sword dance attack you know that you start the game with so you're using one attack the entire game for him sure you get your you know extra dragon magic type stuff but aside from a very few situations i probably cast um all four of them combined maybe 10 times the entire game mm-hmm. which is not good you know, in Sega CD, you cast those every single boss fight. Those are your go-tos. Um, yeah. You have the mana to cast them enough times to make them worth it. But in PlayStation, the bosses have so much more health. You do so much less damage. And you have so little MP that, okay, yeah, I can cast a dragon spell twice in a fight. And then I'm done. Unless, you know, I use yeah. a silver light. Whereas on Sega CD, you can do it upwards of four times, depending on which one it is, you know, what level Mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of damage difference. Um, And it kind of changed the way uh, the game was played. Alex never feels strong in the PlayStation remake, which is not good. He is the hero. He is the hero. He should feel strong. You should be dominating with him. Uh, yeah. And your other characters are supporting, but it's like, no, he's just 
doing a little bit more damage, you know. He's just another damage output. <laughs> hmm. um, it's like, yeah, he's... Well, I'd say the, the question is, so so you're saying that as far as, par- as the party and battle is concerned, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, what about narratively? Does he come across or even grow into the leader of the whole story? Um, I would say narratively, he really doesn't come into his own until near the end. Um, uh, that's yeah. I don't know if I agree with that either. Yeah, and uh, a lot of times the party will look to him for guidance for the answer. So he is technically leading the group, but he doesn't mm-hmm. feel like. Um, aside from kind of the whole premise of the game, you know, his adventure, other than that, he doesn't really have a reason to be the leader, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, he doesn't feel like he's earned it. Uh, whereas I think Sega CD does a better job of that with him getting stronger and stronger and um, the focus kind of being a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's It's really hard to get into the small details of it, you know, without going back and thinking about it a lot longer. Yeah. Um, yeah I was just saying that it adds more to it when you have a ho-hum kind of the leader, but not the leader as far as the story is concerned. And you get him in a battle and he's just there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, yeah. So again, it's, I cannot stress this enough that if you played the Lunar remake and liked it even a little bit, please go play the Sega CD version. Um, I would love to get a reverse perspective on it um, because I started with Sega CD and went to the remake. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd love to get a reverse perspective of someone that played the remake and actually enjoyed it um, to go back and play Sega CD and see what the uh, thought is there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like I was saying, I did start the same thing with uh, Lunar 2. Um, well, I guess before I get into Lunar 2, I can jump to what I played the uh, day before yesterday. So, Anno 1800 released. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played the beta, and it was great. Um, the uh, Anno 1800 release. The big thing that was kind of, well, what's the difference between the beta and this is uh, this has a campaign. Uh and it, it, when you have a simulation game, campaigns are sometimes hit or miss. You know, even with like a civilization game, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, actually, it might be mainly the civilization games I'm thinking of. Some of the older ones, they had a campaign and it was just kind of like, this isn't very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Anno, I think, does a really good job of the campaign uh, teaching you how to play sort of while giving mm-hmm. you reasonable objectives to progress the campaign story. And probably one of the best things about it is that you're not going from map to map. The way the campaign works is you start on your map, you build your you know island and expand and all this stuff, do what you're going to do as you go through the campaign. And then once the campaign is done, you're just in sandbox mode. At no point are you starting over during the campaign or after you finish the campaign unless you want to. Um, Which I think is a really good feature of this so that you can, you know, 
keep playing. <laughs> you don't have to go, okay, well, let me build my first few houses. Okay, you accomplish this campaign, load the next map. All right, build the first few houses and then do something else and then load a new map. You know, you're not doing the same thing over and over and over to progress with the campaign, um, which I really like. Um, I played for five hours um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> there's a funny thing that's part of the game is it actually tells you roughly every two hours how long you've been playing. Uh, I guess it's not every two hours because I got two hours is like, hey, you should get a coffee. <laughs> and then there was four. I don't remember what four hours was, uh, but I think there was one at four hours and then five hours. It was like, hey, you uh, you might want to take a break. You've been playing for five hours. Hey, you're not neglecting school, are you? Uh, yeah, and during the beta, I actually got up to the eight-hour mark, so I don't remember what it said, but there was an eight-hour message, too. It was like, why don't you call it a day, probably, or something like that, which is, I think that's great. It's a nice little touch um, to try to keep people connected to time, <laughs> which yeah. easily is lost in games like that. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll just do this real quick, and then I'll be done. Oh, wait, I need to do that, and then I'll be done. Now do yeah, this, and I'll be done. That that's met with trepidation through various people because they're, they're that I mean, it's kind of a staple through for games today, especially mm -hmm. on the Nintendo side of the house, where it's like, hey, you uh, you you want to take a break? No, I'm an adult. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm good. Thank you, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I played that, and then yesterday I was like, what do I want to play? I was like, Anno's fun. Um. But I'm just, I'm not feeling a sim right now. I need something else. And I was still riding the Lunar High, you know, of playing the first one and beating it and seeing the ending in both versions and enjoying that. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Let's just do Lunar 2. Mm -hmm. I just, let's just keep going. <laughs> yep. Um, I did load up briefly because when I was... I don't remember how this came up for me, but I was looking at stuff and I saw that there were other Lunar games, which I knew that there was the PSP remake as well, which I played. It's more like it's basically similar to the PS1 remake, so not a huge leap there. Um, and then there was a, a Game Gear game and then a. Uh, what was the other one? I don't even remember. There was a Game Gear. Oh, a DS game. Um so I was like, okay, let's take a look at that. And I found the appropriate emulator and pulled them up to check them out um, briefly to see if that's something I want to buy in the future, you know, and play thoroughly. The mm -hmm. Game Gear game looks horrendous. <laughs> now, I, I know Game Gear wasn't great graphically at its peak, but this was not good, and it was made worse because there is no official English translation. So... I was like, okay, this dialogue is kind of getting to me. The screen is getting to me. I think I'll pass on this one because it wasn't super relevant anyway. Um, yeah. The DS game, though, is more relevant. Um, but it... I don't know if I'm going to like the way it feels um, because of the... It's not a you know normal sprites. It's the... Uh, something what it reminds me of kind of like the old school persona like persona one where you have your people walking around on this little map on screen 
mm-hmm. uh, that type of graphics is kind of similar uh, to what it had, but uh, uh, not as good quality. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it was for the DS, of course. Um, yeah. So I might revisit that one in the future. Um, I have to see if I can find a physical copy of it. Um, because I did check the Nintendo store um, on DS specifically to see if you know I could buy it on my uh, 2DS. Um, and I also checked the store to see if maybe you know it's something you could download to Switch and play or on the Wii, uh, Wii U with its you know whole store thing it has, but it's not on there at all. <laughs> so mm. I'll uh, I'll just see if I can track down a copy of the game. Um, not sure I'm gonna play it or not, but. Yeah, so I hopped into Lunar 2, and I've got to say, I am liking the Lunar 2 remake a lot more than the Lunar 1 remake. Um, hmm. Because the Lunar 1 remake to, took so much quality of life things from Lunar 2, and the Lunar 2 remake kind of continued some of those quality, or most of those quality of life things with the menus, mm-hmm. um, it matches closer to what Lunar 2 did. Um, I played for three, yeah, just under three hours of actual play time, um, going through the first little area and then getting back to the starting area that you revisit. Um, it's much closer time-wise as well. Uh, going back to Lunar 1, like, okay, to get to Moribia takes, you know, let's say two hours on Sega CD. That's an exaggeration, doesn't take that long. But PlayStation would take two and a half to three hours. You know, it was a mm-hmm. huge leap when you're talking uh, comparisons like that. Lunar 2, I actually checked the time because Lunar 2's uh, save system has uh, a time on it, unlike Lunar 1 on Sega CD. Um, I'm talking both on Sega CD there. So Lunar 1 Remake had a, you know, timer on it, but I didn't really have. A, a direct comparison to Sega CD because it didn't have a built-in timer. Um, mm-hmm. I would have had to go back and kind of do some math with streams, which I haven't done at this point. I might do it later um, just to get a firm number uh, at the end of the whole comparison. But Lunar 2 does. So getting through the first area and back to uh, Gwen's house on Sega CD took me 58 minutes. Um, and that's a, these times are not exact because i do have some time you know i'm streaming it so i'm talking on stream a little bit and you know i'm typically moving while i'm talking but sometimes i'm not um but sega city was 58 minutes and the playstation remake was an hour 15 or not even an hour 15 it's like an hour five or something like that there was like a 10 minute 10 10 to 15 minute difference between them so that's still not super close, but that's not bad. Um, but most of that was caused by difficulty. Um, the Lunar 2 remake is not as hard as Lunar 1 was so far, but mm-hmm. it still has a bit more difficulty. Um, bosses are yeah. harder, uh, and general enemies are harder. I almost got one shot by a basic enemy in the first area. I was like, right. this. why is this a thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. This should yeah. not We're be We're going to be thing. talking about difficulty to my week, too, I promise you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but, uh, I really, I cannot state enough how much I like the closeness of Lunar 2 to the Lunar 2 remake. They, even looking at like the world map, because 
The remake's world map is a lot smaller because there are no random battles on the map, so there's no reason for it to be very big. Mm-hmm. Um, so they shrunk it down, but they still kept it pretty true so far to the Sega CD map. Um, the area around Gwen's house, it kind of jumped out at me because you start out and you get to Gwen's house and you have Gwen's house, you have a dock to the right, and then you have uh, Leo's ship next to Gwen's house. Mm -hmm. I had them literally side by side on my screen, my character in the same spot looking at this. The peninsula that this house is on was shaped pretty close. Uh, Mountains were where mountains were. The dock and everything looked really, really similar. Um, So I'm really hoping that this continues through. And the Lunar 2 remake may may get higher praise from me than Lunar 1 ever will. Lunar 1 yeah, remake I mean, ever you're, will. You're, you're, give, you're giving it praise already. And yeah. it, I mean, the, the, the obvious question is, if you can go back in your memory and recall, you know, given how far you in you are now, given how far you are now in the Lunar 2 remake mm-hmm. compared to how far you were you know, back in the same time for Lunar 1 remake, were you feeling this way f- during that game? You know, no, not at you're all. already going, and I'm not liking this. So then, yeah, I mean. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't even like the change. They made a Berg in uh, the Lunar 1 remake, you know. Oh, wow. The, uh, you started the starting city, or town, I will. It's not a city. <laughs> the starting <laughs> town, or village. I think village is even more appropriate. Anyway, semantics yeah. aside, um, they they made... Dines monument up like on this cliff that doesn't exist like when you get to the zone and you're looking at it you can kind of see off this cliff down into some valley that doesn't even exist really on the map or in Mm -hmm. in this area whereas in sega city you're just kind of walking into some trees and it's kind of secluded off you know it's it might be slightly elevated but it's like a normal little hill elevation um Mm. And they attached uh, the little grove thing, the meadow, to the town instead of exiting and going to it, which isn't a big deal. But the that grove itself changed from kind of a meadow to it looks like ruins in the remake, which makes zero sense. This is literally just a little meadow that exists next to the town, you know. So there were much more drastic changes in uh, Lunar 1 to Lunar 1 Remake in comparison to Lunar 2 Lunar 2 Remake. (sighs) Yeah. Um, I think that's it for my week. Cool. Sounds like you got a lot of enjoyment, especially with that remake being as good as it was, man. What a what a breath, what a sigh of relief when you started playing that one and like, oh, thank God they did this one right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh. good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. So my week, uh, non-gaming stuff. Uh, we'll talk about one thing after. It's going to be one of the topics of discussion. But uh, okay. the movie that I watched was uh, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. I finally finished that movie all the way through i will say it it is a good movie i do recommend it if you especially if you like the first sicario i will put the first sicario a little bit above it 
but it's not leaps and it's not a diminished title. It's not worse or anything like that. It's just my preference. Uh, I've watched the first Sicario like three or four or five times, and I, I fucking love it. Uh, spoiler for, I mean, fast forward 15 seconds at the most, folks, but man, that the end of Sicario, that line where he he's walking away and he tells her, he says, this is a place of wolves now, and you are no wolf. I was like, oh, oh, such such good, such good stuff. There's stuff like that in this sequel as well. But What is the name of this movie again? Sicario, S-I-C-A-R-I-O. So there's that okay. one, and then there's Sicario, Day of the Soldado. That's a sequel. Um, it's a good movie. I do recommend both of them. So yeah, I, I, I've I've made it through halfway of uh, Soldado. I'm just gonna uh, uh, shorten it down to that just for ease of talk. Sure. I've watched like the first half of Soldado like two or three times. Just life would happen, and I never could finish it. I finally finished it all the way through, and actually uh, most of this weekend and whatnot, I'll be watching some more movies. So more more to come next week. But that's really it. So gaming. Uh. I have closed Steam again. You see, Chris, I'm so paranoid of my <laughs> my computer doing that shit. Like, literally, okay, behind mm-hmm. the scenes curtain shit. Whenever we know it's time to record, I start closing all kind of shit on my desktop. Like, I'll close out my browser. I'll close out Steam. If I have a downloading application, I'll close that out. I'll close uh, movie screens. I'll close out VLCs. I'll close out everything because I don't know what the fuck is making this shit do it. But... But it's a uh, it's it's a safe measure. But uh, so one of the games that I that I've been playing and I do mean very loosely off and on, maybe not even an hour at the most, is a game called Flint Hook. Uh, it's uh, it's supposed to be. I picked it up because I believe it's supposed to be like a, a Metroidvania. But the premise is. Uh, or one of the mechanics is as you're traversing, you do have uh, you solo jump, you single jump so far. I haven't found a double jump, and I don't know if you get a double jump, but you do have wall cling and wall jump, which I like. I like that. I like this since Mega Man X. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have, uh, per the title, you have a uh, actual grappling hook. And most of the rooms, which I'm going to get into in a second, they have you know hooks all over the place, so you can traverse around traps and stuff. Uh, essentially, Chris, think of Super Meat Boy, but instead of just wall clinging, you have you know puzzles in the room, and you can use a grappling hook to swing and you know get from point A to point B and and get around obstacles and whatnot. Sure. So. And I don't know how much it is this way, but this is my my one complaint with this game so far. Uh, it has a lot of good features like the wall clean and and the hook for traversal. It has uh, you can pick up little items that you can equip to your character before you start a level or a save file or whatnot or or an area. I'm I'm trying to get my head wrapped around how the game actually navigates, <laughs> but uh, so you do have a power ups essentially, but. When I think of Metroidvania, two two beacons of light pop up immediately, Hollow Knight and Castlevania. And in those games, you are traversing left and right through tunnels, essentially, if you want to think of it that way. But you're Mm -hmm. going across terrain, like you're going screen to screen. You're not, well, not even screen to screen. Your screen is an elongated section of an area. I'm specifying this because from what I've been able to play so far, uh, mostly this is like going from room to room, which is fine, 
I still think, yes, you can still do a Metroidvania if everything is rooms, but when you take the map of Castlevania Symphony of the Night and you take every single area and chunk it up into squares, I don't know if I really prefer that for you know, uh, uh, an area because then it seems more like, you know, get past this room's puzzles instead of explore, you know, you're still exploring, but you're only going from room to room. And those rooms are exact square shape. I don't know. It could be just me being picky, but I'll, I'll see how far I get along in the game and see if that changes. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just this area I'm in. I don't know. And also it is not a super complaint because the, again, the wall jumping and the, the hook shotting and all that stuff is, it is very fun. I, I like that, that those ways of traversing through terrain, but I need a little bit more exploration than that if it's going to be a Metroidvania-style game. Uh, yeah, there are a couple of little Metroidvanias that I, that I played, the Environment Wool one, and I've, I really should not have closed my Steam. Shame on me. <laughs> but, yeah, those the, literally those have been in-betweens. Those have just been just some mm-hmm. uh, random plays, nothing nothing big. Uh, the The big play... And it's uh, actually probably going to be about the only thing I talk about for the rest of this week is okay. has been Sekiro. So for those that have been paying attention for the past three or four episodes or so, there's been a big to do about me not being able to play Sekiro. And it was close to three weeks, if not a month, damn near down the road that I finally f- got a solution to my problem and I can now play Sekiro. I have dumped everything else to the side, everything else that I was working on, uh, even Danganronpa. I have pushed that to the side and I will be getting back to it. Oh, Chris, before, oh no, whoa, 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 let yeah. me back up. No, you know what? No, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way. I'm, I'm cool with this. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, continue on this, this, this thought. I have been playing Sekiro. Uh, I hate regurgitating things, but just to catch everybody up, I fucking love from software titles, specifically the, from the, uh, the blood, the Soulsborne style games. I love them all. I love the difficulty. I was a naysayer and now I'm all about it. Uh, so I have made it quite a bit quite a bit of ways into Sekiro I'm uh, so okay some just in case let's say some spoiler let's go ahead and just throw out a spoiler warning for Sekiro just in case I don't think I'm going to spoil anything too great but as most people know uh, your virgin run is always going to be the best it's always going to be the best thing that you ever play for a souls game so uh play play sekiro uh i will warn you now you're going to get your fucking shit kicked in royally but play it if uh if if you want to try these types of games out so uh i got to the first essentially the actual boss uh people will know what i'm talking about when i say that and i was stuck uh so there were two enemies in front of me, uh, two smaller enemies, and up the hill was a larger enemy chained up. And uh, in Sekiro, one of the things you can do is sneak. You can stealth. So I snuck up and I killed the one guy, and that alerted the guy next to him. I could quickly kill him, and I would sprint up the hill and start waylaying on the guy that's chained, the guy that would break, the guy would break his chains, mm-hmm. and then proceed to have a fight. Uh, from what I can tell, now I I don't know how f- I don't 
I have to get further in to see. But Chris, you and I know that when you fight a boss in these Souls games, you basically go through a fog gate. And their name is clearly out there. I mean, you clearly are in a straight up, this is a boss fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know if this guy and the next guy and the next guy were just mini bosses or if they are bosses and that's just how they're done. But regardless, so I'm fighting this big ogre guy and I get my shit kicked in. And real Uh, quick, this is where I mm -hmm. left off the game, uh, fighting that boss. Okay, I will try, Chris. I will try my best to keep it spoiler free from here on. Um so you have not beat this boss? Nope. Okay. 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 I can, you know, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can. I'll still keep it vague. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I'm fighting this boss repeatedly, repeatedly. Now, mm-hmm. when I am fighting a boss in any of these games, and I'm getting my shit kicked in, and when I say my shit kicked in, I'm talking about I have died more than thirty times. This is typical for me, okay? I am not the greatest guy in gaming ever. I've never claimed to be. And even with even with Souls games, I have soloed every boss in the entire legacy of the Soulsborne series, with the exception of the Bloodborne DLC and Calamite from Dark Souls 1. That's a, that's a big thing to say. I have beat all those bosses, but most of those bosses have taken multiple times to beat solo, especially bosses like, oh, I don't know, fucking Ornstein and Smo, where it's two bosses at one time. Yeah, folks, we're talking over a hundred times of me just going in and getting killed, going in and getting killed, until I had that boss down to a science and fucking did the damn thing. So this boss in Sekiro, no different. I was dying, and again, after about the 10th or 12th death, I'm like, all right, yeah, I just, I just need to fucking get better. That's all it is to it. I love this. I'm all in. But I kept not getting better. And I was noticing, so one giveaway was that um, the when I would slash and, and, and do damage to the boss, it would take just a little pip at a time. Just a little nick. So I would have to dodge, roll, move, get out of the way, and I maybe get a stab or two in here and there. And like, okay, well, so it's just going to take patience. It's going to take like 4,000 fucking slashes, but okay, this boss can go down. But eventually, I kept dying, I kept dying, I kept dying, I kept thinking, okay, obviously something's wrong here. Something is wrong here. I should not, there's nothing I'm not doing. Either there's something, there's a maneuver, or, I mean, because now, I mean, I'm trained from Dark Souls 1 to know that you're probably doing something the wrong way. You know, sure. you can brute force you can brute force this enemy if you want to, but there's a much easier, while still difficult, a still much easier way to do this. So I snuck up to the enemies that I was just walking up and stealth killing and listened to what they said, and they dropped a hint. And I said, bada bing, bada boom. This guy's about to meet his doom. I love that rhyme. I just did that right now. <laughs> so I used that hint in the environment I was in, and it did not work. I said, okay. All right. I mean, and it was obvious not working. Like, I tried something, and it was clearly not working. It was directly what they were talking about, but not working. I said, okay, so I'm still supposed to do this, but not this way. So I started looking elsewhere. I looked at my inventory. Something something shot out to me. I ran back and did something. I unlocked a new area, and I said, I wasn't supposed to be here right now, was I? 
And Dark Souls <laughs> said, From Software said, No, Michael, you were not. And just a reminder, we taught you that four games ago. <laughs> this game from Software is still schooling me after all this time. After every subsequent Dark Souls I play, that I, I played through Dark Souls 1 and said, I know how these games work. I've got it down. I know what to do. Sekiro came up and said, no, you still need to be taught. And it's still teaching me. And I'm learning. Mm -hmm. So I went through an area. I fought a boss. And so uh, suffice to say, Chris, here's where the negative shit's going to come in. Okay. I have beaten, I've beaten that boss. No, I have not beat that boss. I have to. I'll, I'll come back to him later. I found another boss, and I have beat him. That's that's a big statement. I'm just gonna put a pin in it though. I beat that boss, and I am now up to my second boss. And both of these bosses have something in common, and both of these commonalities are posing a bit of a problem for me. Uh. And I don't know how to feel about this because I can hear, I can already hear two sides of arguments. I can actually hear multiple sides of this argument, but hear me out. Okay. When I played Dark Souls and 2 and 3 and all those DLCs and all those bosses and Bloodborne and all those bosses, as formulaic as the scheme started becoming of you enter a fog gate and you now fight a boss, I love that. That's been a staple for me. You know, that's the equivalent of, of, of running through a Mario level and there being a flagpole at the end. I look for the fall gate because I want to go through the fall gate and meet mm -hmm. the boss. Because to get to the fall gate is usually fucking hell. And then you get to a bonfire or a lantern or whatever and you breathe and you go through the fall gate and you, you go through literal hell again. There's steps to the hell. Sure. The problem I'm having with Sekiro, and this is the first boss I just beat, it doesn't work that way. Uh, and this first boss was a hint for you, Chris. The first, this little first ogre that was chained up, that's the first hint of what's coming. They, so this makes three bosses now that I've seen done the same way. It's not walk through fall gate fight boss. It's mm -hmm. walk into an area, there is anywhere from one to nine other fucking people in the area, mm -hmm. and the boss. Deal with it all. And people, so, okay, so there's some ways to approach this. There's stealth in the game. Yes, there is. I'm aware of that. So you can stealth kill. Yes, but you can really only stealth kill one or two, because guess what? When you stealth kill one enemy, everybody else goes, oh, what was that noise? from Metal Gear and they all look at you <laughs> and they all come after you okay maybe you space them out far enough to where they don't all see you yeah okay well I kill one guy that was not by anybody but there happened to be one guy that did see me and he went Ugh! and everybody else heard him and now they're all after me point is I could not figure out a way to kill this boss. So the second boss that I came across, I couldn't find a way to stealth kill everybody around him. Every single fucking time I had to fight this boss, I had to clear out one so I could run past most of the other people. But it was one, two, three, four, five, six, I think at least six other enemies and the boss was there. And here's the kicker. 
as I told you before, the bosses are fucking hell themselves. They're not pushovers. So I'm running all over the place trying to get away from this boss who seems to be running faster than everybody else. But (laughs) as soon as I go one, two stab or block or counter stab the one guy the fucking bosses behind me and goes stab now almost all of your life is done Mm -hmm. so i'm going through this hell of running around like a dumbass and killing all these (laughs) enemies trying to kill them one by one this requires lots of skill because you're having to block or counter every individual enemies individual moves you have to know that okay he's doing his sword up that means he's going to do this move i cannot counter that move i can only block or evade and when he does that move he's immediately going to follow up with this move or this move so which one he to do okay i can block that one no i have to evade again oh the boss is right there behind me so i had to go through this area repeatedly and kill every enemy that i could possibly kill then fight the fucking boss so a lot of the boss learning as it usually is in most of these Souls games, is walk in and die repeatedly and just fucking learn this boss's moves. Sekiro has that too, folks. But it has the addition of you fighting all fucking other people before you even get a chance to really fight the boss and learn his patterns and his moves. So, uh, I had bought some skills and some uh, and and said uh, excuse me and had upgraded some skills. And started noticing a pattern that the bosses have stamina just like you do. And when you break that stamina, you can do a basically a finisher move and it takes off an entire bar of their health. So a good portion of Sekiro, especially the boss battles, is less about dodge stab counter counter stab it's more do things that will completely deplete their stamina because when you do you go in for one hit and you take off a huge fucking chunk of their life as opposed to dodge evade stab pip dodge 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 evade stab pip you know that's what that boss turned out to be uh but a good I don't know, Chris, a good two-thirds of the 400 deaths in that area was Mm -hmm. just clear out the enemies. And hopefully I have my comeback to life still available, and hopefully I have my two healing potions available, and now that I have everybody else cleared out and have all this stuff available, now I can watch the enemy and learn the enemy's moves. But every time I died, (laughs) every fucking time I died, I had to go back in there and do all that fucking legwork all over again. I am now doing this for the second time. Now, this brings up a lot of questions. Uh, I guess the main one being, how do I feel about this? Well, if you can tell from the agitation in my voice, I don't feel too good about it. Uh, mm-hmm. There is difficulty in these soul these uh, Soulsborne games. I know that. I'm aware of that. I've been through lots of hell. But there's difficulty, and then there's pain in my ass. Why am I having to do this difficulty? Uh, It does add an additional layer. It adds several layers of difficulty to an area when you have to kill other enemies as opposed to just the boss. I get that. 
But again, that's something that I'm used to with Dark Souls, with all these games, that when I clear an area out, when I get from point A to point B, and I just have to do a short sprint from point B to the boss, or fuck that, if there's just a boss run period where there's 700 enemies and I can just run through them because I don't need to fight them, there's that too. But then there's this, where walk into area, lots of other enemies, and the boss deal with it all. Mm-hmm. I, I get the difficulty in that, but it's not it's not really appealing to me. Uh, it's not yeah. giving me that, that holy shit. That's, what do you think one, about just Just hearing this, Chris, tell me what you think about this. Yeah, that's one of the things that really kind of turned me off from the game a bit. Um I'm I'm okay with difficult. I'm not the best Souls player. I haven't played all the Souls games, so I knew I was going to be possibly at a bit of a disadvantage here, but uh, running into that ogre boss and, you know, I don't have an issue necessarily learning the boss, but exactly what you're saying, you know, okay, I had to get through the enemies, and then, oh, if you didn't pay attention, you're going to get stabbed in the back by one you didn't see. <laughs> That yeah. I think they deliberately placed there for that purpose. So I started changing, you know, how do I get back to the fight? Okay, well, before I even touch the boss, let me go clear out these guys and try to, you know, not take a lot of hits in the process, which in, in itself is, you know, a struggle against some of them, uh, so that you can uh, go against the boss with full health and, you know, your resurrection or whatever and uh, yeah. have an easier go at it. Um, yep. it was very frustrating and the stealth, like you're saying, definitely needs a bit of work. Um, it seems to help it actually be useful. What I was doing was I'd run in, uh, typically jump, assassinate someone off some roof somewhere, and then I would run away and yeah. then they'd lose me. And then yeah. as they separate a little bit, I'd find the weakest link and assassinate it and run away. Um, in particular, that's when I had no resurrection and no items and stuff. So I was being very, very cautious, you know, um, mm-hmm. I didn't do that every single time cause I was way too much to work. I actually would probably only do that two or three times. And I'm like, okay, screw this. Let me just get better at fighting them. Um, I'll take, I'll worry about the boss once I can take these guys down easier and you get into some routine. It's like, okay, well these guys you fight first and then you'll aggro the rest if you're not careful. But as long as you back up, you know, you're good here, but yeah, that it was, I don't know. It felt weird. Um, the whole, I, I don't know. Playing souls games. I was like, okay, I go to this area, fight the boss. All right. I kind of know what's going on here, but this one, and you talk about the fog gate, but there's actually a fog gate after the boss. Um, mm-hmm. cause I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to ignore him and see if I can keep going and what I can explore. I'm like, wait, there's, there's a fog gate here that I can't go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I have to kill the boss before I can go through that entrance. Yep. So, okay. That's the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I feel your pain. Um, but I still haven't picked up the game again since, uh, the one day. Yeah. It puts me, it puts me in a very precarious, it puts me in a very peculiar place, you know, because I'm suggesting these games to people. And I'm telling people how great they are. And God help them if they play this as their first. This is going to make people not go to any other thing. It's like, no, it's not all. I I don't know what made 
from software make this game like this and if people mm-hmm. are saying oh it's difficulty well let's pull some facts here if we're if we're speaking about game design uh Miyazaki expressed that he didn't design the game around difficulty just for the fucking sake of difficulty. You know, he designed it for the rewarding experience you get of going through a hell and then coming out on the other side. I agree with that. I agree with that. But this is the other type of difficulty. This is making shit a little bit too fucking complicated and exhaustively difficult just to make it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, I'm trying to think of another game that's, that I can equate to this, but I mean, this is like the, this is like going through, uh, it's like going through Sonic the Hedgehog one and you don't get a checkpoint until you've cleared the second act of, of, of zone two, you know, and if you die all the way to the beginning, buddy, it's like, why do I have to, do I really have to go through fucking everything? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Mm. I'm not the biggest fan of that. I'm okay with going back into a room and fighting a boss. I will bitch about the legwork that it takes to get from the the bonfire to the boss room. It's like, man, I had to fucking run for a minute and a half, dodging enemies (laughs) and running to get back. I know the boss run. I I get the boss run pain. This is not a boss run pain. This is, I'm in the area where the boss is. I have fodder everywhere, and that fodder can can fuck me up especially if there's oh chris i don't know five of them on me at one time plus the boss coming and going oh by the way boom i'm here too yeah so yeah it took a bit out of me i mean i was already mentally on the edge with that first boss that first boss is no joke uh and i will as spoiler free as i can make it this second boss there is definitely a bit of help there's definitely something that's there that gives you a significant boost to help you with this boss. I'm doing pretty good. I'm probably going to beat this boss today. Mm-hmm. But I spent the majority of last week, uh, every time that I played it, getting clearing out enemies and then trying to fuck around with that boss. And it was, it was, it was aggravating. And people say, okay, well, so how did you beat the boss? Well... There's skills that you get, and I use those skills, but the timing on how to use those skills takes time because you have to memorize the boss's pattern, which would be fine if I was just fighting the boss. But every time that I would <laughs> die, I have to clear the enemies out and then watch the watch the boss and try mm-hmm. to – I mean, he could kill you in essentially about five stabs. You come back to life, you've got one, maybe two more stabs, and you're and you're down again. So I'm trying to learn how to block this guy. I'm trying to learn how to dodge, when to jo- dodge, watching his moves, learning how to get by his moves, learning when I should use and can use the skills that makes this fight easier, etc., etc. And I will say that once I had the boss down, by sheer fucking luck, man, I finally killed him. But it felt less, it felt less rewarding than any boss fight I've ever had in a Souls game. Which I know sounds crazy, because I did have to do more work, but that's the thing. It never felt like work when I killed a boss in Dark Souls. It felt like I have fucking... I've crowned this hill. I have achieved this. This felt like, well, I did all the bitch work, and then I got (laughs) the boss fucking down. You know, I got the work out of the way, and oh yeah, and I killed the boss too. That's never how this shit should feel. Um, I was telling myself before I finally beat this boss, Chris, 
that hey, once I beat this boss, I bet you I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel so good. I'm gonna be like, yes, I'm gonna have that yes moment. No, mm-hmm. I felt like, man, fuck that. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and I'm talking about in the history of these from software games, there have been some shitty bosses. There have been some man, come on, I'm never gonna beat this shit. Mm-hmm. I have never felt that way. Uh, and you shouldn't. So last thing I'll touch on with this game is uh, this game has already been out for, you know, three weeks or so, close to a month. And I'm this game has been fucking destroyed left and right. I know there's guides out there. There's lots of help. So if you, Chris, or the audience is asking me, okay, well, then when are you going to start looking up ways to go through this? I tell you right now, this is pushing me way faster than any other one before. Any anyone, uh, I'm getting pretty close to just looking up how, but I don't want to. I don't want to mm-hmm. yet because I know I if if the if this game is sticking close enough to the spirit of what the other games are, I just have to stop and breathe and fucking read and look into things and find out that I'm missing something. There may be something obvious. It could be a weapon. It could be an ability. It could be a skill. It could be a plot point. Chris, I might, maybe maybe I'm even doubly wrong. Maybe I wasn't supposed to fight that boss yet. It kind of, it sure did fucking feel like it. (laughs) But that's the thing. It also didn't because it wasn't, I couldn't get through an area and kill the boss. It was, I couldn't kill the people in the area and the boss at the same fucking time. You know, the ogre block made sense because they showed me how to they told me what i needed to do and i tried it and that way didn't work i just have to find the way this is Mm -hmm. i'm obviously in a place where i'm supposed to go pretty and then when i start attacking the boss okay you're doing the an appropriate amount of damage i need to be here i just need to kill everybody else and the boss um so, and again, and also and oh sorry real quick also the enemies themselves they're just just like a boss they all have tells they all have move sets mm-hmm. and I just have to I understand the concept people I have to get good and memorize every in every enemy and every stance and every move and learn how to act, act appropriately I get that it's fine if I only had to deal with three of those at a time and I move the fuck on, when I have to mm-hmm. deal with five or more and the boss, that's just, in my opinion, as a From Software a Soulsborne fan, in my opinion, that's moving into ridiculous territory. Sure. That's, that's not needed. I didn't need that, didn't want it, don't ask for it. And I'm going to see what it feels like when I move on and get past all these, you know... If I'm wrong and I'm missing things, then okay, it's on me. But I need to figure that out or go look it up and have it told to me before I make that decision. Because right now I'm going, man, this is fucking, this is kind of a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Um, So from a different perspective, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on what you think about the game mechanically when it comes to the way, you know, quote-unquote leveling and things work at this, so, in this one. Uh, I'm also not a fan of... Uh, the, again, there are a lot, a lot of changes that this, this game has added. Uh, to, this was a shocker for me, but when I died, uh, not having my shit drop 
and be able to go pick it up. That was mm-hmm. a shocker. Finding out that half of the XP earned gets gets taken away and half your gold gets taken away, mm-hmm. and that's permanent. That was a shocker to me. Though there's like a one in whatever. There's a there's a there is a shown to you percentage chance that that won't happen. But even so, that existing at all is like what? Uh, okay, so I can't just go back and pick it up. Nope, you lost it forever unless this aid thing happens to work in your favor. That's new. The but I mean it's fine. I can you know I just need to not die. I guess. But the 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 the, the problem with this <laughs> this is something that saved you in the Soulsborne games is that even if you died in the boss room. You just went back to the boss room and picked it up. Yeah. In this game, you die, your shit gets halved. You die again, your shit gets halved. You die again, your shit gets halved. You're just constantly losing mm-hmm. shit that you cannot get back unless you get lucky and don't lose it at all. But when you die the next time, you don't get that. You lost half of it again. That's that's mm, slowly getting into a area of quote unquote difficulty as opposed to just flat out difficult slowly approaching asshole territory as opposed yeah. to achievement and accomplishment you know because yeah. for what everybody else saying that you know well just get good bruh fuck <laughs> you i got good but i didn't lose myself to do that i just kept going back to the challenge yeah and uh, i um I sorry, I lost my train of thought because Adam messaged me on Discord. Um, but I just I felt like it was too much of a punishment because it, what I did in Dark Souls, and I'm not as hardcore a player as some. If I got stuck and it was you know something that was minor, like okay, I'm just taking a little bit too much damage or I'm not doing enough damage, I'd go grind out a couple of levels, you know, and upgrade and then move on. But I don't feel like Sekiro gives you really that option. I don't think it's intended for any sort of grind, uh, especially early on. I'm not finding the <gasps> moment yet. And that's real. That's really bad to say that because this is still early on in the game. I get that. But the shield kick moment for me in the original Dark Souls was fucking... That, that, I will never ever forget that in gaming history and i put that up there in my personal gaming history as a a huge moment that was a moment for me to go there's there's something that exists that makes this fucking like i said earlier like more it's still difficult but 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 easier this is Mm -hmm. what i need to do if there's an enemy in front of me with a shield i just kick the shield he loses his he, he staggers and he's wide open for an attack i had an aha moment and yeah, I'll give you that the uh, what the two enemies tell me about the ogre was a kind of an aha moment. Still was a little bit disjointed. Still a little bit like, uh, oh, okay, sure. I didn't figure that on my own. You kind of you kind of told me. I inferred what you said, but it, it just even mechanically, anything in the game, I haven't had that. Oh, that's what you do. Oh, that's that's fuck. Yeah, I've I've, I've got a. I've got a tactic now. Now it's, yeah, if you buy this skill, it'll help you. Uh, eh, not good enough. <laughs> you know, not, yeah. not, that's not, that's not what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to use what I have on me. And I don't know, man, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. 
Uh, I'll take so bottom line. I'll tell you right now. Uh, I don't know how to say this without it coming across as like I'm dumping on a on a on a, a franchise, but I have had a phenomenal time with the Soulsborne franchise, and if I just I am not I am not bound to Sekiro. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Sure. Uh, this is a this is obviously a, a another game that they have or a newish game that they have added things to and changed and yeah i i don't have to be married to this thing mm-hmm. uh i can i totally am free to go yeah they changed too much shit i don't like it um but i have to wait for that I really do. I need to. That would be the point where I have read multiple guides for multiple things and went, yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, if it's if I read shit and it's like, oh, Michael, you silly man. Why didn't when you were fighting this boss, why didn't you use this with that they told you about and this that they told you about? You just didn't do it the right way. I'll go. Oh, well, fucking me. That's I'm just I'm a dummy. I didn't do, I didn't do the Dark Souls thing and, and read and pay attention and follow through. If it's, yeah, no, nah, man, there's just fucking 12 enemies and a boss. Get good, bro. I'm going to say, mm-hmm. huh, fuck you. <laughs> That's not why I play these games. Yeah. It, it, it's rewarding to people. I am not ignorant to that fact, Chris. It is rewarding to people, to, a, to a, a certain people, to walk into an enemy and go, 13 enemies and a boss, bring it on. And they walk away going, we are the champions. I, I get that. But I can tell you now, after all the deaths I just went through... That's not for me. Because instead of going, ah, the boss is done, I went, ah, okay, now that the trash is out of the way, come on, but bo- oh, I got one shot. Oh. <laughs> so, more to follow. Moving on to a more positive game. Okay. Chris. Yeah. You need to play. The return of the Obra Din. All right, so, I'm gonna lead off. I'm gonna lead off with that. Here, here is my thing, and maybe you can help. Um, okay, okay, make me feel better about this. So uh, I hope so. I've heard about this game a lot. I've heard a lot okay. of a lot of praise on it. However, yes. I have seen, you know, small snippets of it. Obviously, not spoiling myself just in case I decided to play it. But yeah, yeah um, stop watching anything. Yeah, it's mostly spoiler-free anyway. It's just kind of displaying a little bit of it graphically. And I'm, I don't know if I could get past the art style. Okay, sh- shut shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I want to hear that shit. The graphics aside, they're not where this game is at. That is not why you're playing this game at all. And I'm not just saying that to you. I'm saying that to the audience, period. Because I... As well, it was in that same boat. I said, oh, what's this halfway wireframe, like, two-tone color bullshit? Well, how, how weird. You're just trying to be different to be different. Well, I shut my mouth after I started playing the game. So I had one of those nights where I was, I was getting my shit pushed in by Sekiro, and I said, okay, I am done for now. <laughs> I need to go play something else before I... I just backflip my whole entire house. Uh, 
and I was running through my titles, and I said, yeah, fuck it, Oberdin got a nomination or got an award last year, whatever, fine, let's try that, and I'm probably going to be in this game for 20, 30 minutes, maybe an hour, and then I can talk about it, and at least give me some content to talk about next episode. Eight fucking hours later, I had to stop playing because it was time for me to go to sleep. <laughs> so, yes, Chris, I will agree, it does have a unique art style. Uh, it is kind of sort of pseudo wireframe, kind of sort of looks hand drawn ish for a purpose. And the only thing I can tell you to that is there is a color option in the game where you can change it to different views and they are okay. themed off of different types of monitors like an Apple II or a Macintosh or an IBM or whatever. And it essentially changes the color and that's it. I, I tell you this now. I got over the art really fucking fast. I, like you, was like, uh, this looks whatever. And then went, I don't even give a fuck about that anymore. Okay, so. Uh, this entire discussion will be spoiler free, but. Uh, yes, you and everybody else needs to play this game. As coming from somebody who picked it up and was like, uh huh, like waving my hand in a snooty, yeah, okay, whatever, just to say <laughs> I tried a game of the year, let's see what this shit's all about, went, and then eight hours later, I was hooked. Matter of fact, Chris, Monday night, before we played D&D, I had to force myself to stop playing because it was time to play D&D. Mm-hmm. Like, I played up until the minute to where people started talking, it was time to play. I was still playing. I was that <laughs> fucking. I, I was back into a ready to get home from work mode to play. And I'm going to stop there because I don't want to overhype this game. But sure. that's that's me. Okay. I enjoy this game. So, the premise of this game a ship returns to a port. It's set in like, I don't know, 1800s, 1700s, whatever. A giant ship returns to port. Oh shit, that ship has been lost at sea for like four or five years or some crazy number. And if if the audience, if I'm getting the details wrong, fuck you, I don't care, I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact (laughs) details because the only details that matter are in the game itself uh, or the gameplay itself. So yeah, it's, it's set in ye olden times. A ship returns to port it's been missing. They send an insurance adjuster, you, to the ship, and you have to figure out what the fuck happened because the people in the boat and everything is covered under insurance, and they got to figure out what the insurance claim is going to be. And even then, at that point, Chris, I'm already like, I'm a fucking insurance dude. <laughs> this this game was this game was talked about game of the year stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. an insurance guy. This is gonna I'm not gonna last this long at all. So they give you a book. This book is like a diary, a journal, so to speak, and it mm-hmm. catalogs the events that went down on the boat, chapter by chapter, uh, timeline by timeline. So you personally do never have to take any notes at all. All the notes are in the book itself. That's one thing you get. The second thing you get is a watch. It's a, ooh, it's a MacGuffin magic watch. And the, what the watch does is when you walk onto the ship, I will say maybe, Chris, this is a minor spoiler, I guess, but dude, it literally is the first thing you can do in the game. You'll walk onto the ship, and you'll see some damage or some shit that looks odd that it's obviously been damaged or whatever, but you will not see any body, no no people. You'll see one skeleton on the ground. You'll walk up to the skeleton, and your character will hold the watch out. The watch essentially takes you back into time. Okay, you'll see some text dialogue come up and hear some audio dialogue. And I'm just making shit up right now, but it'd be like, where's the captain? 
I don't know. I haven't seen the captain. I've, I've seen I've seen this guy, though. Wait, Harold, what are you doing with that gun? No, put it. And then boom, you now have a screen. You have you have a the, the it, it takes you into that scene and you see the moment where that person dies, the exact moment where he perished. And let's say it was a guy that got shot. You can then pan the camera around and see the person who shot him. You can see the people you can you can walk around that area and see surroundings, see the other people that are doing what, like who was a witness to this? What were the what were some other people doing? And it's only a confined amount of space. And you have I want to say it's about a minute, maybe just be 30. It's either 30 seconds to a minute to walk around and look at everything, see what you can see. And then the window closes and you have to use what you saw to figure out stuff. The gist of the game is you have to there are 60 passengers on this ship. You have to give three details for every single person who they are, how they died and who or what killed them. So, you walked up to the skeleton, you pulled the watch out, you heard some dialogue, and you saw that scene and you could walk around. But as you walked around, you may have seen another body from another time that somebody else died in a whole other event on the ground. You marked that body, and when you get done investigating the first one, you now pull the watch out to the second body. And it's mm-hmm. some other death scene. Every time you're investigating one scene within that 30 seconds, you're free to walk around and look at everything. And if you see another body or two or three or whatever, you can then go back to that body later and check them out. And it's a chain event of seeing people, how they died, what happened, what went down. You are constantly solving puzzles mental puzzles and it's, it's it's a gigantic whodunit story mm-hmm. and they give you little bit by little bit by little bit there is no way to brute force it at all but they give you little bitty clues here and there you have the journal which has all your notes detailed so you can look back and go this person was talking to this person this person called this person Harold that person must be Harold boom I've got who he is okay when I saw Harold at his death scene, he was shot by that guy. Okay, let me go to this guy. Okay, who is this guy? Where was your picture seen? Who are you? Okay, I don't know who you are, but I do know that this guy was talking to you, and etc., etc., etc. The story of the Obra Den starts small. It does. It's a. It, did a mutiny happen? Did pirates board the ship? You don't fucking know. But it starts getting out there. Some shit starts to go down. If all this doesn't appeal to you, I'm sorry. This is not your type of game. I get that. But let me tell you why this is for everybody. When you play a video game, let's say Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. When you are in a dungeon and you can't figure the fuck what to do. And you have that moment where you go... I push the block and you do it. You have that. You hear that, Chris? The aha moment Mm -hmm. 60 fucking times that happens (laughs) in this game because the game does not just flat out give you this stuff. You have to piece together the puzzle little by little by little by little. And every fucking time I did, it was, oh, fuck. 
that guy was that okay so he was in the bunk with that guy but he shot this guy but that guy said there was mutiny over with this thing but he was down below the deck so oh my god it all makes sense that's this whole fucking game over and over and over and over again now the game will let you finish early if you go around the ship and you finally uh you know basically chaining these deaths off of each other when you finally unlock everybody in the whole ship and have seen everything the guy will tell you hey man it's about to rain you need to come on i'm just gonna spoil that for you chris don't leave the fucking boat and you audience as well don't leave the okay. boat until you have every single detail that you need accomplished until excuse me until you'll have every passenger accounted for how they died and how who or what killed them don't leave the boat i left early and the idea is so that book that journal you have is uh so you're an insurance adjuster that i guess that book is for the the ship's owner or maybe the insurance president or something i don't know you're sending that book to someone and they tell you that, hey, if you notice as you're flipping through this book, the last couple chapters of this book I have left blank. You will not know those details. I know those details. And I will tell you them once you, I will give you what you need, but I need your information first. Once you send the book back to me and you give me the information, I will then send the book back to you and you can finish the entire story. So I got bruh i don't even know like maybe 10 people figured out or 15 or whatever and the, the i found all the bodies and the guy was like hey come on so i left the boat and sent the book back and it killed the guy because uh, he was like yeah you uh uh so we want you to know the person you sent the book back died because uh uh yeah he was so distraught by not being able to figure out the, the what happened and all the insurance claims went awry and he was really upset that he put you in charge of figuring this out and you didn't do it and it killed him so i was like oh but i got to rewind time and go back and put all the details in um so that's just a heads up but it's also something else to know that yes there's of this of the i don't know 15 chapters the last couple are blanked out and you'll never figure out everything until you send the book off um the first the so i put I want to say 12 or 13 hours total in this game, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I swear to God, Chris, it feels it feels like it was 30 or more. That <laughs> game feels way longer than what I than what I took to, to play it. And as far as level of difficulty, I don't know. This is subjective. I mean, how smart are you at figuring out a puzzle? That's that's really what it comes down to. I will say that on my playthrough, the first half, it was almost down to the wire, pretty much the first 30 people i figured out who they were how they were killed and what killed them easy after that it was it took a lot of fucking legwork a lot of going back through memories and seeing faces and putting this face to this name and blah, a lot a lot of puzzle work but i eventually got all of them not a single guide used not a spoiler given to me i figured it all out additionally the way that you know you're doing a good job is the game so let's say you figured out that that was Harold one he was shot two by the captain three they the game doesn't tell you that that's right until you get three 
You have to get three correct. And when you do, it'll give you a cutscene and go, hey, you got three people right. Yes, this person died this way to this person. This person died this way to this person. This person died this way to this person. And every time that they give you these people that you know are solidified, that gives you more leverage to go, okay, so now I know that that is the guy that had the gun. So this other guy who I couldn't figure out, I know that he was shot by this guy. I can fill that blank in. And etc. 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 This game is chock full of aha moments. It's nothing but aha moments. So if you are the person that likes to solve puzzles, and I don't just mean a text-based puzzle, I mean puzzles in general, this is up your alley. If you're the type of person that likes those moments in video games where you go, I figured it out. This is right up your alley. The art style goes out the fucking window in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. I guarantee you. Um, very right. well designed. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I uh, just went and bought and installed it. So we'll see. I l can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. It is good. And again, if you don't like it, it's okay, man. Maybe that, the, that kind of thing isn't for you. I promise you, looking at it, it wasn't for me. And I played it. And was like, oh, Jesus, it's time to go to sleep. What the? F eight fucking hours? Wow. <laughs> okay, well. And then I was like, okay, that was just the honeymoon phase. I won't worry about it. And then the next day I was like, I got to hurry up and get home. I got to fucking play some <laughs> of this game before D&D starts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, I can definitely see why it got nominated on, on a lot of people's lists for uh, Game of the Year and whatnot. Chris, just hearing this, yeah. tell me tell me what interests you about what I've told you so far. Um, well, the biggest thing that is kind of one of the reasons I've went ahead and purchased and downloaded it is that you mentioned there are different color styles. Um, and I don't know if I heard that before or not, but that will probably drive a lot of my initial enjoyment of the game. Um, we'll see if I can get past it. <laughs> um, but if I can get past it, then the rest of it sounds great. Um, I do like the, uh, the, the, um, what do you call it? The theme, the kind of yeah. overall, you know, thought to it. Yeah. It's so. a giant mystery. That's what mm -hmm. it is. It's a giant mystery. You have to figure out what happened to these 60 people. And, a handful of them are going to be fairly obvious. No, you can pull up this scene. Oh, and by the way, don't let the minute things scare you. So if you walk up to a body, you pull the watch out, you hear the dialogue, you got a minute to look around, and then the screen fades out and you're gone from that area. If you go back to that thing, which you can at any point, you have infinite time. You have infinite time. And you're going to spend that time wisely. You're going to be looking at characters. And I mean, you got to be detailed. You know, try to be as detailed as you can be. Oh, I noticed that guy was wearing this kind of uniform. So were this guy and this guy and this guy. So they must all be in the same thing. I noticed this guy had a tattoo on his hand. Well, way over there, another scene, there was a guy with that tattoo. That guy must be that guy. It's just, I'm going to stop there. That's all. That's all. That's all you need. <laughs> just... It's yeah. it was great. I had a great time, and I tell you, let's expand this, Chris. This is a fucking solid idea for video games. Period. Imagine a sci-fi. Imagine this in a in a Mass Effect universe. You know, so now you have alien races that 
yeah, I'm familiar with people. I understand why this human shot that other human, but I don't know the fucking inner politics between this alien and that <laughs> alien. Why did th- why did this Hanar shoot this Krogan? I don't fucking know. I didn't even know mm-hmm. that Hanars could shoot a gun, but he did. What was the motivation? I think this expanded either. I think this could be put in other genres, but at a minimum, I would love to see this expanded. I would love to see it in a modern setting. Imagine, imagine Detroit like this, you know, mm-hmm. oh, so, so many possibilities. All I know is that I, I like this. I liked it a lot. I like the minimalist way that they give you the tips. Uh, just, yeah, good stuff. <sighs> very much enjoyed that game sad it's over but yeah <laughs> but i see and, that you only got 15 out of 16 achievements uh i don't know what i missed <laughs> i didn't really go in for the achievements that's for mm-hmm. sure uh well it seems like on a game like that you know if you accomplish everything which it sounds like you did then i'd be curious to uh you know if i you know spoiler free if you uh what you missed as part of that, you know? Well, I, I know as far as the main narrative, I didn't. Uh, the first time I did when I fucked up and sent the book back early, but <laughs> the second time, no, I got everything, everything wrapped up. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, and also this is a, this is a, this is the last bit. And I'll try to keep this as spoiler free as I can. Don't expect a super wild, like, holy shit, twist, what the fuck ending when the game gets concluded. This is a solid story, and it concludes, that's it. Yeah. When you get that last chapter, you're going to be fiending to fill in those last blanks. But it's not going to be a, it was Professor Oak the entire time. It's more like, oh, okay, I got it. All right, so that explains that. All right, cool. Well, now the story is wrapped up completely. Cool. Now I know what happened. So. Because I hear that as a complaint for a lot of people. Like, it just didn't have, like, a super bombastic ending. It had 12 fucking hours of ahas. I don't care about the ending. The gameplay was fucking great. So, uh, three topics I'm going to talk about, Chris. Okay. If I have time, let's see. I may not have time. Nope, I got time for one. <laughs> I'll let you pick, Chris. Uh, oh, boy. Would you like to talk about Modern Warfare 2? Would you like to talk about the MCU, or would you like to talk about great stories and games? Um, let's go with great stories and games. Okay, I'm going to cheat, because I think I can talk a little bit about the MCU real quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, for the audience, we do okay, we're a week away. Mm-hmm. We, I, I personally am seven days and about eight seven days and eight hours away from having my ass in a theater watching endgame and it's getting exciting i'm starting to get antsy i'm starting mm-hmm. i'm getting there i'm also <laughs> getting to the blackout phase i'm yeah. not opening facebook anymore i'm going away from a lot of the boards i usually watch or pay attention to uh matter of fact i pulled up uh some gaming news site today to check news and i saw marvel and i closed that bitch out i don't even know what the fuck that title said it might have said marvel's planning phase whatever i don't don't care didn't even read it um 
I'm not talking to people. People have been trying to tell me about the trailers. I have, I've, I've literally walked away from conversations. No, 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 no. I haven't seen that. Don't want to hear. So, it's getting good times. But I, I was talking to somebody about. Uh, so, so Chris, mm-hmm. in Infinity War, one of, of, of the, there are several moments in that get in that movie. Uh, I guess spoiler warning for Infinity War in case you haven't seen it. Like maybe you're hearing this before and you're trying to catch up on movies. Uh, spoiler warning for Infinity War. But so Infinity War had a lot of holy crap, cool ass moments. Had a lot of wow moments. But the mm-hmm. one for me that sticks out into my mind. What what is the biggest holy fuck moment of of in of uh, Infinity War for you, Chris? Uh. Man, I don't even know. Um, uh, I put you on the spot, didn't I? Yeah, know. maybe, maybe either the end or um, some of the a couple of the conversations stick out. Um, uh, Iron Man has one uh, in particular. Um, this stuff with Spider Man is pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, mm-hmm. Those kind of stick out of just. My 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 memory isn't fresh of this, so let me tell you what I feel to this day is still my holy fuck moment when they okay. were fighting on when they were fighting on Titan, and he reached his fucking hand up behind his head and he grabbed and pulled. He took that fucking moon and cracked a chunk of it off and hurled it down onto Titan. I, mm-hmm. I said, holy shit. Like that, the fight was already badass as it was. The fight was already extremely entertaining, but that moment was a show of force. Yeah. Now, I bring this up because, okay, in the comics, Thanos, I mean, even in this movie, if you think about it, but especially in the comics, Thanos had the Infinity Gauntlet. He was ungodly powerful. He had a gem that would let him... Understand this, people. He had a gem that let him have control over every aspect that a gem had control of. He had a complete and utter manipulation of time. He had complete and utter control of of reality. Mm-hmm. He had complete and utter control of power, etc., etc., etc. So... As far as we've seen so far, that was about the most powerful thing that I've seen him do, with the exception of the snap. Right. Of him showing just brute force of what he can do. I mean, come on. He he, he punched Captain America. He punched Captain America. He could have blinked him out of existence. Right. You know, he, he turned, uh, for a little bit anyway, he turned Drax into a block of fucking cubes and mm-hmm. Mantis into a springy, coily, a, a, a monstrosity thingy. Right. That's a show of power. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But him reaching behind him and cracking a gigantic chunk of a moon, if not the whole moon itself, I actually can't remember. It might have been the whole damn moon and bringing it down onto another planet to bring fiery fucking doom down on the people. That is a show of power. And Mm -hmm. that is fucking awesome. Movies can't show all the power. I can understand that because narratively, what does that do? If Thanos was to, you know, hover over earth and go, Oh, that planet's my problem. All right. That planet's not existence anymore. Story's over. (laughs) Moving on. 
I want. I get that cinema can't do that. Uh, uh, Watchmen comes to mind. You know, Doctor Manhattan was this was this being that had control over atoms. I mean, he could do whatever the fuck he wanted to, but narratively, it would just it wouldn't be as fun. You know. So my question is, my okay. my intrigue is is. is I can't. Well, yeah, it's more like an intrigue. I cannot wait to see how they, within the limitations of what they can do to keep the story entertaining and to have a holy fuck out of your seat fucking wow moment. I wonder how they're going to top that planet crack scene. I wonder what they're going to do. What moment is it going to be where Thanos does this thing and is like, I'm still fucking powerful. Watch this. Ugh, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. And you know that MCU movies hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. You know they do. So it could be the first two or three scenes he does something. Or like the like the moon crack thing, it could be, you know, two hours into the movie. Who knows? But oh, yeah, I can't wait. I, I have a feeling it'll be earlier on. Um, mm-hmm. It would make sense when, it, when you think about the pacing that, you know, the snap was probably the peak. And now we have to have his decline and, you know, the heroes uh, rise up, you know. So you're going to see maybe some more oh shit moments for the heroes. Um, Yeah. I'm sure Thanos is still going to just, you know, swat them around like the flies they are to him. But I think we may have seen the peak. um, Yeah. I can understand that logic, but I hope not. Mm-hmm. Because I can't wait to see the scene where all of these Avengers show up and fucking kick ass. Where Thanos says, fucking let's go. Uh, all of you. The Hulk finally gets over whatever the fuck is wrong with him. <laughs> and Captain Marvel shows up. And all the Avengers or the ones that are alive, like everybody shows up. And they just yeah. fucking go at him. And he's like, nah, I still have all this shit. And I'm now going to go all out you know i'm not gonna worry about the limitations of oh half the universe i'm fuck everything fuck it all let's go um and again keeping that in the narrative of you know don't be stupid with it don't just blink and then oh we're in another reality and the avengers never existed ha i won movies over credits roll you know (laughs) I I i can't wait i can't wait to see how how this movie tops itself I can't, I can't wait to see how f- I want to, I, I want to be exhausted when I leave this movie. I really do. I was a little bit exhausted leaving Infinity War, but I really want to be exhausted leaving this. I want to just uh, I can't I can't wait. We're a week away, man. We're a week away. Dear time person, make this week go by fast, please. <laughs> please make it go by fast. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, alright, so story, this is something, this is, I mean, it, it could be a discussion, this is just something I thought of this week, and I discussed it with a few people, and it's just something I brought up, and it, it needs to be put up to the audience, uh, it's amazing how many people won't give video games a chance, right. and this goes into a whole, we've, we've already had a discussion before about, you know, video games and popularity and all that stuff. And I, I get that even though video games are, are, are being, they're being produced on a higher level 
there's there's more story there's there's better music better graphics and all that stuff it's still just the plain old simple fact that there's interactivity involved and people are like eh and it mm-hmm. it saddens me it generally i finally had a all right this is why this is actually why it sucks because i was taking little mini polls around where i work with random people it's like hey have you ever seen do you do you watch walking dead no no okay do you watch lost oh man i watched all of that it was yeah, it's kind of wild out there, but I watched all of it. Okay, do you watch Game of Thrones? Well, fuck yeah, everybody watches Game of Thrones. Okay, so then talking about Lost and talking about Game of Thrones, why did you watch them? And, you know, myriad responses, you know, especially when it came to Lost, it was, I kind of gave up on Lost after a while because apparently Lost really goes off the deep end. So it really focused on The Walking Dead and uh, Game of Thrones. And those very, very, uh, I stuck to those two also mainly because they're they're still so fresh on people's mind. But you know, like, why did you watch, why do you watch Game of Thrones? And they they could some people started pointing out specific scenes, but it all really comes down to so you would agree that you watch Game of Thrones for the story? Oh hell yes, hell yes, I love that shit, man. Is this plot twist and this backstabbing and this great story arc and this great character this and yada 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 and most of that for the most part was echoed across people who watched Left for Dead I mean uh uh the dead uh the Walking Dead and it's just uh, and I was like you know I have so many video games that I could put across to you that will tell you equally if not better stories than the Walking Dead or the ga- or Game of Thrones. It's just their video games. Would you try them? Nah, I'm not big into video games. It's, oh, man. It's, it's so crazy to me that you can look at Game of Thrones as it is. Somebody who's never watched Game of Thrones, and they're like, what's this about? Oh, it's about, you know, kingdoms and... Uh, and and dragons and you know there's mm-hmm. knights and all this stuff and people go I don't fucking watch that shit you can't, what am I gonna what's this Braveheart what is this Dragonheart which is a good movie you know fuck you but people yeah, agreed <laughs> people will I I I I would love to go back in time and hear people individually being talked into watching game of thrones like what got you into this how did you do were you just skimming through it and you saw it and you figured you'd start watching it did the hype get to you and you're like well fucking everybody's watching this i best i guess i better figure it out did somebody tell you about it and you were like that sounds very interesting i'm gonna go watch it were you just did you just stumble upon it on your own and it's amazing just thinking that so many people were basically co coaxed or 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 coached or coerced into watching game of thrones and now mm-hmm. they're all about it they fiend over this series they fiend over every episode and yet i can tell them i have a three-part video game series called mass effect and you want to talk about character development i got character development out the fucking ass you want to try it out nah it's a video game I don't know, I don't know. yeah it sucks, man. What do you What do you think about this? Um, on the uh, Game of Thrones side, I got into that because I read the books. Um, it was after the series had started, um, so it was already gaining, you know, its traction and popularity. But it was already a popular book before that. 
Um, so when I heard it was based on a book, I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm all about reading, so I'll go read the books. And I enjoyed the books. I was like, well, let's see if for nothing else but a comparison to see how they did. Um, so then I watched the series and enjoyed it. And really, <laughs> I only watched this latest episode this week, so I wouldn't have to worry about spoilers. Um, I was going to wait till perhaps some more episodes were out. Um, but I ended up, you know, I'm not even going to bother trying to avoid them because Game of Thrones spoilers are some of the worst spoilers to avoid. Um, I had no, yeah. I, I typically have no issues with like more MCU stuff. It's really Game of Thrones. That everybody's like, hey, we're going to talk about it the second things are happening, much less, you know, the next day or two. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many good stories. I mean, the one that, uh, uh, comes to mind is, uh, why am I, why am I going blank on the name? Uh, uh, the clickers and, uh, uh, left for dead, uh, yeah. left for dead. You said left, no, Woo. Said left for dead, what is and that with me left off. for dead for me? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, <laughs> it's, Wow, this is golden. <laughs> uh, left behind. Uh, uh, that no, that's a movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not leaving this. We will figure this out. This is bullshit. This game is like a console seller, especially the remaster. Um. Oh man, I just fucking played this. It is phenomenal. It has, uh, there's, uh, maybe we think of the, there was, uh, who, who were the characters? Uh, uh, Joel, I think is his name. I got Joel and Joel and Ellie, Joel and yeah. Ellie. What's wrong with me? This is some people. Oh man. People right now are like punching their fucking, whatever they're listening to this on. Oh my God. Uh, the last of us. I the last Googled of us. Enough. God, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I swear we have both played this game. I swear to God, we both played this game. Yeah. And you know how I found it? Simultaneous brain fart. I Googled best PS3 games, and it was second on the little list that Google shows. <laughs> wow. The other one next to it was uh, Grand Theft Auto V. So I guess it's some probably sales based type rating but yeah last yeah. of us is absolutely a phenomenal story mm -hmm. um mechanics are not bad but you know they're they're what they are um yeah but they don't make the game it's the story they're telling yep. um this complex yet very simple at the core of it uh story with these characters and how they grow through this how you know where they started with your introduction to all the way to the ending and choices that are made um, it's a very well thought out story that could be the equivalent of, you know, a book, you know, telling you the story, um, a movie telling you this story, which <laughs> it almost does feel like a movie, you know, as yep. you play through it. Um, I mean, yeah. look at God of War. Got people have taken the God of War game and comprised it or compiled it into like an eight-hour movie. I realize it's eight hours, but if you watch that cinematically, mm -hmm. even even the battles, the way that Kratos fights, the way the enemies fight against Kratos, I mean, it's it's got some oh shit, cool, fuck yeah, cinematic moments. Yeah, and 
I, I have told some coworkers, I was like, I'm really considering about bringing that up here. And like maybe on our lunch breaks, little by little, we chunk, we cheek our <laughs> way through that, that thing and watch it all because yeah. God, that's got something for everybody. Do you, do you like the fantasy aspect of, of Game of Thrones? There's all sort of, there's, there's mythology all throughout Game of Thrones. Are you a fucking father? I mean, I work around an 85 to 90% men. And seventy percent of those are fathers. So if you if a fatherhood appeals to you, this is in spades. You know, there's there's villains and there's heroes and there's stories and there's all this stuff. You just yeah. gotta you just gotta watch it. So I can understand. I can totally get that people don't, you know, if 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 you want to come home and watch Game of Thrones, all you got to do is come home, turn your TV on, turn whatever device you have on, flip it to Game of Thrones and start watching it. Bada bing, bada boom, you're done. Video mm-hmm. games, that's not that easy. Even you, you'd have to, depending on how hard you want the game to be, you may have to <laughs> sure. go in and change the difficulty down to like a super baby mode, which is fine. Mm-hmm. This is where accessibility is okay to me. If somebody is like, man, I want to play God of War, but I I tried it and I just kept dying at the very beginning and, and, and they immediately devolved to, I'm just no good at video games and they immediately give up. Give me the controller. Let me put that difficulty all the way down and then mm-hmm. let me pl- sit next to you and t- tell you what you're doing wrong and then help you through it and at the end of the day if you beat that shit on super baby mode i don't care did you enjoy it oh man that game was great the story with like balder i'm like yeah right (laughs) (laughs) you know and insert any game like that insert the last of us did you like that oh man that ending with joel and yeah i know i know i don't you know Mm -hmm. but i did die a lot i don't care did you enjoy the story? Yeah. I don't want people to play these types of games because I want them to become, you know, fucking Nintendo Pro Star, All Star, ten out of ten gamer guy. I I want people to experience these stories because if they do, maybe it will give them a little bit more understanding of why people like you and me and all of our gamer audience do this. And it is for the it is for the fun. Yes, it is for the jumping and the puzzle solving and all that, but. It's there's a giant percent of it that's for story, especially when RPGs are considered. Yeah, and you, you said the key word there, experience. Mm-hmm. We have so many games, especially lately, um, that have been an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the gameplay's there, sure. It's good or bad or middle ground, whatever, but the experience is what makes the game so good, you know. It's not just, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I played Dark Souls and beat all the bosses. Sure, yeah, okay. That's nice, but yeah, I played God of War and I, you know, didn't cruise through it, but I had this experience along the way. You know, I played The Last of Us and yeah, there are some difficult parts. It's not overly difficult, um, but it was an experience. Yeah. You know, when you see so many games today that are having, I mean, they're they're having the 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 difficulty ratcheted ratcheted way down, and having all these extra features like, do you want to auto do this? Do you want to auto do mm-hmm. that? This is a good example of where that's okay. 
where it's totally acceptable because yeah. if I could do all that and turn that game down to where a five-year-old can play it, but give it to an adult and they walk away with, man, that fucking fight between Baldur's cousins and, and Kratos. Oh man. The, the, when he, when he killed his brother and when this happened and that I'm like, I'm just listening and mm-hmm. I'm just fucking glowing. Like, so you enjoyed the story. Oh yeah. It was a great story. Welcome to a gigantic portion of video games. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't just play Final Fantasy VII because the material system was good. I played it because the story was good. I didn't mm-hmm. just play Persona because I wanted to capture all the Personas like Pokemon. I played it because <laughs> I also played because the story kept me going along. Mm-hmm. I didn't play The Last of Us because I was so into zombies and you want to see me in zombies, <laughs> you don't because I'm so <laughs> fucking tired of the whole zombie aesthetic. Yeah. And yet I played through The Last of Us because beat by beat it had me going. Final mm. Fantasy XII, uh, uh, God of War, hell, the new Spider-Man. I mean, they, uh, it, it would be a it would be a labor to sit down and label, m- map out all the games that. Yeah, a majority of the reason why I stuck with it is because of the story. But I promise you, there are many, and yeah. it. I really wish the same people that that gave this weird you know fantasy uh knights and dragons and whatever game of thrones shit a chance would give these a chance i really do because there is a world of storytelling out there uh, i've said it many times before you want to talk about backstabbing and and what's going to happen and how come he didn't know this go play the entire legacy of kane series that shit's going to look at game of thrones and go ha peasant show you how that shit's done we deal with time travel bitches (laughs) so yeah that was just my thought throughout the week uh it was a fun little experiment and fun but depressing at the same time because again it's a lot of people just you know i i heard a discussion lately about and i forget who was making the discussion it was one of my podcasts that i listened to and they were talking about you know if you had if there was a game coming out that had it where you just press a button and you got past the challenges would you be would that be acceptable and i think somebody made the answer well it depends and i think this is where that depends solidifies right here you know if it's Mm -hmm. somebody i don't play video games at all Oh, you're letting me borrow your PlayStation 4? Oh, you're letting me borrow Spider-Man? Oh, you're turning the difficulty down and turning all these options, these easy accessible options on? Okay, so I just need these four buttons to play the game? That's great. Okay, here I go. And then four hours later, wow, Doc Ock's got, he's a pretty cool guy. He is, right? You know, oh man, that's what I need. What about you, audience? What games came across to your life that you played and thoroughly enjoyed the story and you would push them onto somebody you would try to influence somebody to play them solely to get the story out of them i'd love to hear your suggestions for games that games that need to be seen we'll put it that way not just played but games that need to be seen because this is another benefit that we we have living in this 2019 is so many video games have basically a youtube uh movie version made Mm -hmm. where people have taken all the cutscenes and or story scenes and mashed them all together into a movie they're all over the place so that might be another avenue as well like i said about bringing god of war to my workplace it it would take a long time it takes several lunch breaks but you know i'd 
I'd like to see the first few. And if they're interested, we'll keep going. If they're not, well, time to move on. But yeah, there's many, many games out there to that to give people a good story experience. You know, find those Game of Thrones and, and Walking Dead people that you know and are family with and friends with and work with and see what it would take to, to get them to play these games. Because that might you might you never know. That might be a good bridge for you. It might be a good way for you to tell them, hey, if you like Game of Thrones, I got something for you. Uh are you getting your shit kicked in by Sekiro like me? Am I just a dumbass and forgetting things and not doing things right? Please let me know. Please try to keep it spoiler free as you can, though. Um, are you playing through any game right now that is taking up your time? Better question. Do you have a backlog of games that you want to go through and what would they be? Because me and Chris have made this observation so far. This year is looking pretty weak. It's getting pretty yeah. thin, so might be I've been seriously considering this being nothing but a good uh, backlog year for me. Maybe something along the lines of maybe every month, making a month a console-specific month. You know, maybe uh, May it'll be a Super Nintendo month, and in June a, a Genesis month, and so on and so forth. But, you know, do you have some backlog games you're looking to get, to get into, or... Are we wrong? And there are games coming out that are like, oh, are you kidding me? What about this game and this game? Let us know. We love to know. We love to hear any feedback about anything that you're 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 playing through, want to play through, any movies. Tell us how excited you are about the MCU, but for God's sakes, keep it spoiler free. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear your details about your trailer, and I can't wait to see how this part of the trailer plays out. We don't want to know that. Um we're probably going to read those after <laughs> after Endgame. So uh, there are there are many ways to get a hold of us, many ways to contact us and get some discord and discourse and, and, and get your stuff read here on, on the on the show as well. We have a Facebook page. You can go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. It should take you to our Facebook page, and it may be how you found this episode right here. We have an email address at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet us, retweet us. You can also find us on Spotify. You can also find us on our various YouTube videos. Uh, many ways to listen to us, share us around, and especially comment and and write into us we love to talk we love to get it we love to hear you about your excitement and all this stuff man we're all about discussion so yeah that's gonna do it for this episode and until next time i'm michael and i'm chris good night everybody <laughs> <laughs>